0: intend to offend we will offend and if you have a delicate sensibility click the x button in the corner or if you're on a mac the red button in the left corner monty welcome to the show of offending people
1: well um it never happened and i make shit up uh, <laughs> so <laughs> just yeah uh, for the last couple of weeks everyone that has asked for a reading i apparently you're all from scotland from hurley in scotland uh, and you all live the same lives. It's very metaphysical, where because we're all one, <clears throat> and I can't read the Acacia records, I didn't even have a card. Meow. meow, meow,
0: meow, meow, meow. Welcome, 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 everyone, to another Comedy Friday show. I am once again joined by my illustrious co-host Montesaurus dean rex and melissa hocking hughes welcome to the comedy hours
1: that's right i'm king in latin
0: you are king i don't know how to say king in latin (laughs) rex rex Rex. Rex.
1: that's what rex means yeah see ladies and gentlemen i taught the galactic historian something
0: yeah that's right (laughs) yes i don't know my latin
1: well yeah i am talking to a human let's just be vague. whoa
0: <laughs> am i a human it seems lately many 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 people have been putting me up on this pedestal and i'm constantly jumping off onto other pedestals and this is not to any one individual person this is what happens every six seven months it grows it goes away it grows everyone puts me up on this pedestal And this last uh, let's just say five weeks have been very unique, the pedestals that people have tried to put me
1: on. I reckon someone put you on a high horse on top of the pedestal. And, of course, the horse is shitting itself because it can't yes. move. <laughs> it's like with Melissa. Melissa you I, are I, mu- I... You're muted, Melissa. With, yeah. Oh, good. You like, couldn't
2: hear me laughing. I was laughing silently. Oh, well, I'm like going to say Mel- hello to you- everyone again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the thing about well, hanging out with Melissa is I have to keep uh, reminding her and everyone else, you're not Jesus. <laughs> you knew him, but you're not Jesus. It's like, why is I have to do everything? It's like, no, your gift is to teach people, so you don't have to. <laughs> so, that's what well, right. I thought he
2: just made wine and fish. Uh,
1: he's in, he does he does have a catering business, yeah.
2: Did <laughs> quite the unique catering business. Good for him. Oh, well, you know,
1: he was touring um, the desert and um, I'm I'm sure he had jokes. There's no, tell me, have you noticed the church is like, you know, there's Psalms and he's, he would have to have jokes to hold 400 people instead of, you know, (laughs) oh, we need to, and then the light of God, blah, blah, blah. Yo mama, he would have jokes. Now, obviously he wouldn't say yo mama, but, you know, know, um, local references, Galilee and everything else like that and catering. There's a great sketch by Rowan Atkinson about that, where um, uh, it's a he's a reverend and he's doing a um, not a speech but whatever it is, a sermon, and he, he turns um, the the premise is that Jesus is like a children's entertainer, and the Lord <laughs> did make wine out of water, and everyone said, "Gosh, you're good. <laughs> do you do children's parties?" <laughs> it's it's very respectful of of the person who's the character of jesus so
0: this pedestal that has a high horse on it that horse <laughs> is also high because it smoked three joints so it's yeah, a how high, did high get the, horse
1: how did you get the horse up there well i had to give it a couple of bongs and- <laughs> yes <laughs> that's what got it up there and then i put a ladder and i got same, all the way up
2: at the same time that the horse is on its tiptoes with andrew on its back on top of the pedestal there's all these people cracking whips trying to lash around the, the hooves of the horse from beneath Exactly. They jump through
0: this hoop. Yeah. Jump through this hoop while you're on a pedestal.
2: It is is extraordinary what's going on out there at the moment. And (laughs) no one is immune to it. And it's just amazing. Now, I just want to warn everyone uh, that I don't have evidence of this. I should have taken photos. I should have. But in recent times, I actually entered the eunuch's cave itself. <laughs> I actually went to Monty's house. And we were in the same room. I,
1: I'm a hermit, not a eunuch.
2: <laughs> You're a little of both, Monty. <laughs> a little of both. But uh, so I have I'm a whole man.
1: <laughs> I have everything uh, working and it's cleaned and serviced every day. How dare you, woman?
0: And I have we, a cup we, of tea, everyone. We, we have a chatter that's volunteering to be the horse. Mm.
3: <laughs>
2: well, yeah, you need I'm to get someone else. Sure You've got to be cautious with that. Maybe it's just the female in me that has, you know, you know, when people are asking you to ride you, that's that's well, I mean, it might be a different thing from a female <laughs> perspective.
1: Well, yeah, I went I went I went to pantomime horse, not porn. So yeah. <laughs> wide variety of comedy here <laughs> ladies and gentlemen yeah so uh sure <laughs> you, you'll need to find someone else uh, will you be the back end or uh, will you be the front and uh, quickly you, the um, pedestal that your horse is on it's only a foot high that's how high the horse is it's freaking out and that and yet the pedestal <laughs> it's,
2: it's all a cool. horse needs. Uh, exactly, freaking out, man! <laughs> oh, I'm a, horse on, man. Yeah. <laughs> a horse could freak out at something it's seen a hundred times before, just decides to freak out that day. You just uh, never stroke. know.
1: Would you like to hear <laughs> one of the classic bad jokes? It's like even dads go, "I'm not going to go there." A, a horse yeah. walks into a, a, a walks into a bar, and the barman says, "Why the long face?"
4: <laughs> you, don't, don't groan
1: at that I prefaced it with a bad joke I'm like oh, this, I've got my opening joke for my routine no I didn't say that
0: so here's here's a really even worse dad joke uh, well a modern is joke but from when I was young what goes clip clop clip clop bang bang clip clop clip clop bang bang
1: a horse with a shotgun
0: nope an Amish drive
1: by shooting oh that's right yes <laughs> <laughs> and on the topic of horses,
2: and I want to get back to this one too. Um, I I love the topic of horses, and you guys probably heard too much about <laughs> probably talked too much about horses and, and how amazing they are. But um, I recently this week was guided by an amazing individual to watch the documentary about Sea Biscuit again, mm-hmm. um, which is easy to look up on YouTube. Just look up for Sea Biscuit documentary. It's a twenty minute documentary. And it's been a while since I've seen it, and it's been a long time, I think, now since the movie came out too. Yes. But um, And the movie's awesome as well. But um, it's remarkable that we seem to have cycled around again where it, be, it would be good for people to connect with Seabiscuit again. Like, <laughs> it's just where the world is, where America is at the moment, um, where we are in, in the chaos that we are is very similar to when Seabiscuit came along and performed the miracle he did.
1: And of, far Fallap was at the same time, and there's a conspiracy theory that um Farlap was taken out because certain people in the United States didn't want Sea Biscuit to go up against because they never raced together. Uh, yeah. uh, but for whatever reason Farlap died. I think he was, poisoned, uh, yeah, he was poisoned when he was yeah in the United States. And I think there could have been a, a theory that um oh we don't seabiscuit's doing well. We we don't need this news. Ze- Farlap was from New Zealand, so uh, unfortunately, well, Philip was um, successful, so we call him a strain. So how that works, like Sam, <laughs> Sam Neil as well. Cultural uh,
0: appropriation.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, like I had a, a joke where, like, I'm talking about um, the accents in the Hunt for Red October. If you've ever seen that film, don't watch it. Stoned because it's like three hours of water. I'm like, wow, because it's a submarine movie. But you have Sean Connery playing a Russian with a Scottish accent. And then you have Sam Neill, who's from New Zealand. No, wait, he's successful from Australia, who can do a Russian accent. So that's <laughs> that's a little bit of a sneak peek of some material from 10 years ago. Thanks. You
2: know, Farlap's, uh, the, the body of Farlap has been, you know, staffed, taxidermied, and uh, is actually in the museum here in Melbourne, in Australia. And um, I'm not sure they've got a bit of a problem where he's He's spectacular as he always was, but he's developing wrinkles around his ankle. It's like his stockings are falling down. <laughs> so they're, they're, I don't know how they're going to restuff him or reboost him, but they're probably going to have to fairly soon because he's getting wrinkles around his fetlocks. <laughs>
1: <coughs> they also removed his heart, and uh, um, Farlap's heart is. <laughs> no, that's Farlap because he's down under. Down uh, under. Farlap... Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And so there's an Australian saying, like, he's you know, um, this man is a gen, you know, he's got the heart of Farlap. And Farlap's heart is so much bigger than a normal it horse. Was. It's like, yeah, this is like, that's bigger than his head. And yeah, Farlap was too. Yeah. I was about to say, there are anomalies, yeah. anomalies, not, or people would say freaks, but there's reasons why they ran so. Because even, I can't remember the Seabiscuit, but Farlap, He didn't, he wasn't like Samuria, where he came out and peaked and then slowly there was Mm -hmm. that whole, um, because, yeah, yeah, that normal thing of like, um, like, like in My Fair Lady, (laughs) just, just a, just a a dilapidated nag and basically went on and won everything.
2: Oh, 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 Robert,
0: this convo is a nightmare. Uh Uh I have to acknowledge that. That's, that's another bad dad joke. (laughs)
5: <laughs> Horses of mare
0: nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Love the dad jokes. If any of you have any more dad jokes, put them in the in the chat room.
2: It cranking fast at the moment. I <clears> asked <throat> for
1: it.
0: it. That's five points to Robert. That was really good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I shared a meme oh. of um, it's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio laughing from um, Django. And if you've seen a small kid who's eating an apple or an orange and he's laughing as well, and the text was, "Mum, are you hungry?" Me, no, I'm Brian. And you've got the <laughs> your dad and the son laughing. <laughs> See, that's dad jokes right there. And people there love the dad ahead. jokes. But you know, I think what the age of forty, your humour just slips in. It's just you just have to deal with it. That's how we survive on Earth.
0: So I want to want to turn this into a little little what has happened for uh, the lion's gate for people out there. And we'll take calls at the end of the show. Tell us what your lion's gate was like. A couple of shows ago, I gave you predictions, you know, personal meltdowns, all your stuff that you were avoiding was going to come up. And so what was the what was it like for you guys out there in the chat room? If you're listening on YouTube right now, come on and join here in the Zoom room. It's where we're going to take callers later on in the show. Also come and chat. There is no chat on the YouTube side. We want to get everyone to come on to the Zoomy room and have your chats over here. And <laughs> one thing I want to say Everybody. is the politics they 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 go and raid Trump's house and it backfires on them so bad. It's so funny. It's so funny to watch this this form of backfiring because I think about the quote I said to Sean Stone in a 2014 show, um, it's going to be like the Three Stooges. Mm -hmm. And if in 2014, I told you Trump would be president, you would have laughed me out of the building. Everyone here would have laughed me Mm -hmm. out of the building. How else can you describe it other than a, a, a three stooges event. Monty added it's three stooges written by, by Monty Python.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then on, mm-hmm. on, on top of that, um, what is it, four days later, Liz Cheney um gets yeeted, as the kids would yes. say. Um uh lost by 70 percent. Uh, and of course, the the ripples from that were like, oh <laughs> America's lost and the Republicans and blah blah blah. and, and Razor Fist had a great nine-minute rant about it where, yeah, strangely enough, the people of Wyoming w- voted for someone that would actually represent... Robert?
0: <laughs> gay, so there we go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> as well as, like, just Trump existing. He ended the Bush dynasty, the Clinton dynasty, and the Cheney dynasty, all nice. in five years politically. And someone shared, uh, for the first time since... Oh, I think it's 1957. Andrew, you may know the exact date, but the Bush, Cheney's and Clintons aren't in politics. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to go with, um, well, not maybe Prescott Bush, but at least um, George Sr.
0: Yes. The dynasties have been taken out. And I, I was trying to tell everyone, this isn't a referendum on Liz Cheney. It's a referendum on the Cheney power structure. KBR, I mean, if, if you guys are an Americans, go back to what we heard about what KBR did during Gulf War One, not two, three, four, five, or five. Gulf War One. okay? They stole $4 trillion. Mm-hmm. Literally stole $4 trillion. And then the next day, 9 11 happened.
6: Hmm.
1: Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. When um, uh, Rumsfeld, Rumsfeld, right yes. the, the 10th of September, 2001. Yeah, the Pentagon can't find two point six trillion dollars. We think it may have fallen down that big couch that we have in the foyer. And then the next day, (laughs) I can't remember what happened, but uh, that news that news story was just lost. (laughs) And what was it? Two thousand and eight. They came out. Yeah, we lost another four trillion. It's like so that's six trillion dollars (laughs) now.
2: Yeah, this is actually what's what's weird at the moment is this is actually happening presently all over the world. The former prime minister, former president, former the most recent former president or prime minister in many countries at the moment are attempting to be lynched through the, uh, through the media. And so it's actually happening here in Australia. It's happening to Boris over in the UK. It's happening to, you know, um, and it's, it's bizarre that it's, you know, they're trying to do it to Trump as well, of course, as we've seen, and it's as comic as all of them because the bottom line is as much as they keep coming up with these headlines of, you know, Prime Minister managed to hide $282 million here and blah, 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 which is one of the headlines in Australian papers today. So what? What are they going to do about it? You know, so yeah. who gives a shit? We Okay, we knew he betrayed us. Well done. You know, like really, again, it's that whole, okay, you've called it out, big deal. It's in the past. We are where we are. I don't know. I'm sure I'm not alone in the world where most of us of any sort of intelligence is saying, "Okay, what are they trying to hide at the moment? What are they doing currently? Like, well, why just, are they crapping it's just, on about it, this?"
1: It, it show, well, it caused division, create loose, but there's no accountability, and so no, um, not, Scott Morrison no did all oven. this stuff. That yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, I think the the Prime Minister of Italy and maybe Brazil. It's just not a a local thing. It is um, global. No, it's
2: actually happening at the same time, simultaneously around the world right now, all the headlines are the same. They've just got different mm. names on them. And it's just um, and you know, as you say, you know, they've tried to raid Trump's house. They've done this, they've done that, they've found all these files. And of course it's wonderfully backfired. It's it's absolutely bizarre.
0: And right. so it's, it's mobilized just- the red wave and I've mm-hmm. renamed it the Crimson Tide.
1: Total wave. And I'm sure
0: they're going to figure that one out marketing wise in the next couple of weeks here. But you heard it here at first on the the Friday comedy show, The Crimson Tide, the red wave is coming
1: and it's going to kill all the blue kelp. Yeah. And that explains why YouTube is nuking all these channels. Yeah. Yeah, YouTube's gone
2: berserk. (laughs) YouTube mm-hmm. is going with and, and, and as I'm switching everything over to other forums, I'm, you know, there's all sorts of wonderful tech things happening, and even as we're coming into the show today, all of us were having tech hiccups in the 11th hour <laughs> trying to just get things to work. It's, um, I mean, I'm laughing, but at the same time it's like, oh, God, I'm laughing through tears. It's been a hell of a landscape. I mean, we knew that it began prematurely. Yep. Uh, we knew that it kicked in really from the new moon prior to it really kicked up. And then uh, over the Lionsgate, it's been amazing. And as we called it out, oh, you particularly, Andrew, called it out a couple of weeks ago, you're going to see a lot of so-called spiritual leaders and self-appointed, you know, A-hole gurus and everyone else that claims to be important, getting called out on their integrity. And uh, anyone that's working that field, everyone that everyone. I know, if, everyone that I know, even that's coming from a place of integrity most of the time, has copped a smack in the face. I mean, we all have. Andrew <laughs> and I have. Vontas, yeah. We all have. And Is the mark um, there anymore? It <laughs> should be. We've got, and I have got like uh, this massive changeover. And like all things, there's always the beauty of the balance. There's always the dark and the light. And at the same time, like in this past week, I've met some amazing individuals Truly beautiful people that are stepping up into their roles, stepping up into their gift and what they're going to deliver. And and I'm super excited for them. There's just, and there's fabulous words about how people are stepping up. Like one gorgeous gentleman is building an environment where people will feel the word he used was cherished, not cherished, treasured. And I love that. Um, And there's been literal, explanations of golden buzzer moments and and just wonderful wonderful stuff and at the same time in this past week there's been some hideous darkness slap in um, mm. some colleagues that i love that normally i would say to you this is who i would send you to if you know if you wanted to go this way at the moment i'd tell you run a mile don't go near them. <laughs> <laughs> Like <Yeah. laughs> suddenly egos are kicked up there uh there's all these people using this time spiritual leaders at the moment to say, don't listen to anyone else. Listen to me. I know who the people of integrity are. Only follow me. And it's just. See, um,
0: that's, the, that's the vanity battle of being yes. relevant on air. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you're talking about makeup, dresses, spirituality, it doesn't matter. Everyone in that entire band that is in the social media engine is getting that in their face. Remember about they really about, are.
1: They uh, really are. T- remember yeah. two months ago, that's what the New Zealand government said. Like, we only have the information, so yeah, <laughs> listen to us, we'll tell you the truth. And everyone's like, right.
2: right. One lesson I got the from that I endorse, yeah.
1: Uh, the one lesson I I only realized yesterday is, um, yeah, um, because it was <clears> this. <throat> now, I'm talking in my time, so I don't want to confuse everyone, all right, because. Fucking time zones. <clears throat> Saturday, Early Saturday, Wednesday, uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, uh, just hung out with a, a beautiful person, and we saw a death metal band because that's that's how you <laughs> date people nowadays. Oh, Tasmanian <laughs> death metal band. I'm like, oh, let's go, darling. Yeah, okay. Uh, I get on the train. You know, I send her off on her train. I, I get on my train, and I find out YouTube has removed my account or Google has removed my account. And <clears throat> you know how uh, you you have to control, learn to control your emotions which means if you feel rage, let it out. Now, obviously, I didn't start shooting everyone on the carriage because, <laughs> hey, I don't have a gun, and uh, that was messy. There's cameras. I basically um, felt I went from anger, disappointment to rage, but that was only 12 hours. After a sleep, I was a little bit better. Then on the Sunday, like, yeah, okay, whatever. Later on, uh, the next Friday, so last Friday, not yeah, yesterday, my time, See what I mean? Because it's Friday there. Uh, I was, we, A friend of mine was going to see um, an impro comedy show. And it's Friday night in Melbourne. Listen, you know what it's like. There's hardly any parking. He's freaking out. And I'm like, yeah, the universe is working. Let's go. I am n- not, not even getting affected by his anger. And it's like, look, it's a nightmare, like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, why don't you park there? And there was two car spots just 20 meters up the road after he sort of exploded. And that's when I realized I have sort of done the inner work of my anger. <laughs> like I, I can still have rage and everything else like that, but it's very minimal. But I seem to be floating uh, through um, in that serene sereneness of, of reality because my mind's being taught, it's like, well, just see what happens, just see what happens. So that was one of my little lessons from it, where you know now if I stub my toe, I'll be a yeller and a screamer, and my cat will freak out and run away. <laughs> but I won't hold it on to it for four months. <laughs> like, oh, I stub my toe! Wasn't that in June? Yeah, I'm still holding it on. So that was that was part of my interesting thing, like yeah, you know, the universe nudging me forward. Let go of the YouTubes and uh, but that that rage, but it dissipated real quickly, and now I feel very serene. Now that doesn't give anyone, don't, don't test me in the chat room. (laughs) As I pointed out, I'm not a a higher being. I'm a human. I can, I can, I can whip out the anger card if I want to.
2: That's just it. We are human and we all are. And of course the lesson usually drives from a place of ego, whatever lesson we need to learn. And this, wow, everyone's copying it. Everyone's copying it in the last few weeks. We're watching people that we never imagined would fall to their ego and Uh, there's one gentleman in particular i'm thinking of that has gone so far up his own clacker it's just not funny and uh and the only the only thing the only thing that can send you up that dark and stinky hole in yourself is your own ego it's the only thing that would drive you up that path and uh he's quite full of himself which is a shame because i know he'll wake up i know he'll come back but at the moment he had the colonics (laughs) he's giving himself (laughs) a colonic but he's um the amount of drivel he's spitting out he probably is giving himself a clinic up there but
0: so 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 with with what you said melissa i want to i want to add something so whether we're 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 referring to an individual or the the group if you're a public face this is the key if you have anything public facing whether you're a business an independent person you are going to be receiving projections from others and your ego at times will feed off that projection from a live show or this or that or whatever interaction you're getting. And this is how the ego can hijack your good intention.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Because subtly the ego is taking all this projection energy from everyone who's sending energy, putting you up on a pedestal so key and once that energy gets in like a bull weevil it gets in until finally the ego pops out and they and the choices start to change yeah. and I have seen this like flip of an eye like like multiple personality switches and the person mm. can go from good to ego good to ego good to ego over and over and over again and they'll never even realize it like a bull weevil I use that word you guys look up what a bull weevil is it's what that's mm. destroyed the cotton farms. What it I like about uh, yeah,
1: yeah, the uh, like I still have an ego, but I've sort of separated myself from it and I can control it. Like we're humans, the way I've heard it, someone say, an ego is like a a um a not a gas mask, but like a breathing apparatus in a pool of water. You need it to survive on Earth, and part of the five ds the pool slowly being drained, so you don't really need to <laughs> have <Right>. the ego. <laughs> However, you don't get rid of it because you may fill the pool may fill up again. And like, for me, um, the way I found my unique way of, it's like, um, if my ego starts flipping off and like, Oh, what about this? What about, we can do this. We can do this. Uh, the other part of me is like, Oh, will you be quiet? Sit over there. Go on. I, I love you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so
0: what we were also saying with these Melissa is so many of these people who don't do spiritual hygiene, who have a public facing, it's yeah. when they don't do the hygiene, the projections from the audience, the group, whoever's sending the admiration, whether it's a local little small group or a big podcast, that does get into you. And if you don't do the regular cleansing of your field yeah. and do the regular work that's stopping the projections at its source, each individual, it will still come at you and still activate the ego when you don't want
1: it to. Mm-hmm. And because it's Lionsgate, it would be a positive uh, experience, depending on the time
7: frame.
1: Yes, yeah. Learn from it, and a time frame. Because I remember I, I watched a show with um, uh, Andrew with um, some wonderful people, uh, Dale, and that. What was that? What's that show called? Talking Stick Show with Dale, Maddie, and Laura. Yes, uh, and a gentleman was on there saying um, it took him twelve months to figure out what the Lionsgate Maddie. was. Yeah. 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 And that's like, oh, that's good to know. Because, you know, in, uh, in three days, you go, oh, that's what I learned. But it could be up to 12 months, and everything else like that. It may take you 12 months to go. Oh, but in the end, it's going to be a positive thing. It depends on how you get through it. And of course, you, if you learn the lesson, if you don't, it won't be a positive outcome. Right.
0: Yeah. Now. It's- Wait a second. I want to take it away from the public-facing <laughs> spiritual people and the meltdowns that people have had who are not public-facing, just regular Joe workers, family, yes. friends, etc. This the aggression is aggression them, too. Right, this, this is even worse than public-facing yeah. people yeah. because they don't have an outlet that's bringing them energy that they can siphon off and work of. They're stuck in their own static field. And over the last several weeks, I've seen the buildup. And over the next several weeks, the results or the damage that was done during the Lionsgate will have long-lasting effect on those people the most. The personal mm-hmm. relationships that they've ruined, the bridges that they've burned, and then those issues that weren't dealt with on the Lionsgate, like anybody that has extreme rage, anger, depression, you know, all shame, blame, and guilt. All of those things are going to be amplified over the next several weeks coming as they begin to truly realize the damage that they may have done to a relationship, uh, work (laughs) ethics, whatever it is, however it melted down and the avalanche came out in their their environment, they will see the long-term damage to their reputation.
1: Yeah which is interesting because uh you have the midterms coming up in um 3 months. Uh even here in Victoria they've started the 100-day countdown to our state election. I think we're it's 98 days from here and uh yeah. Uh dictator Dan should be removed but there's no opposition. <laughs> and it's like yeah. Uh, He's uh, going uh, to get
2: back in. It's disgusting yeah, he is.
1: Yeah, there's no there's no option and uh like um, i've got a, a little thing about you know would you vote trump no who's he against hillary trump man <laughs> let's go trump because it's like right. i don't want hillary in. and it's i mean that's part of the the, the fake choice that you have mm-hmm. uh but there's no choice really or someone bigger to take over from labor and well uh, listen we're just going to have another three months of just stupidity and horseshit and yeah. Like, um, Andrew, and uh, Daniel Andrews hasn't done anything wrong. It's like, he, what, how many scandals is he up to? Like, the latest one, well, it's the uh, yeah, I won't even go into it because there's emails or something like that. But it's like, how many times because he's the arrogance, it's like, I'm, I've done nothing wrong. It, he blames everyone else, especially yeah. in the pandemic. <laughs> like, a, no, it's just be Taurus, yeah, yeah, a bit stubborn, a yeah. bit of a bull. Oh, I saw. (laughs) Side note: I saw a bit of footage of uh, a teacher in Spain got uh, a grid of people to stand in a bull fighting ring, and they stand all perfectly still. And this bull is running around. And the point is that a bull will not attack unless it's threatened. It was fascinating. Yes.
0: So I want to bring up a personal story. I know I've told everybody in the in the and maybe I'll share this story. I have a friend remain nameless right now. Uh, divorced a wife over 10 years, uh, talks to her maybe once every few months. They have a kid, the kid's 19, away in college. So there's no reason for them really to anything. He has a boat and a, and a vehicle that tows the boat. She comes over one day um, with like a tow truck and, and a car that gets her there. They unlocked the a truck for her and she takes the truck off and then some another vehicle backs up and takes the boat. So she stole his truck and his boat. <laughs> And he comes home like, "Where's my truck and boat?" This was on the Lions Gate, okay. Oh, and he goes yeah. on his camera and sees the wife do that. Wife is subsequently arrested and believes they were never divorced.
2: Wow,
1: that's not a Mandela Meltdown that, is happening. Yeah. yeah, that's not a Mandela effect. That's mental illness. Right.
0: That's mental illness. So she believed she she had a complete meltdown because they would regularly go out in boats in the summer and stuff. That, you know, even though I'm living at my home, why is, why is the boat over there? And they arrested her trying to get the boat in the water. any <laughs> 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 strange stuff. But she oh had a God. complete psychotic meltdown. Complete reality-based meltdown. It turns out she's heavily in debt as the more of the story goes and goes and goes. But there's the example of how bad it can get where they just mentally revert to somewhere else. The safe
2: time. Well, there's a a bad side of that too. Like, yeah, it's that, that, uh, I think generically speaking in the meltdowns I've seen similar to that one, there is a a denial of responsibility. Yes. There's a, um, in all of them, there is this denial of whatever they felt was wrong didn't happen.
6: Right, Uh, literally didn't
2: happen. Yeah, Yeah. Um, because, yeah, actually now that you say that, I've seen that happen quite a few times too in the last few weeks um so yeah that's interesting i actually hadn't acknowledged that that's what was going on but yeah the delusion of of i actually wondered is it is it some sort of timeline slip like what the heck is going on so he asked
0: me the reason he told me because he's really embarrassed and he's like is this the timeline switch i'm like no i went and checked it out this is not this is her forcing her reality because the debt on her is so great debt she created because she couldn't live within her lifestyle why
1: was he it's embarrassed? A, yeah, well, because uh, it, it <laughs> happened.
0: <laughs> a man having his boat and st- stolen by his ex-wife.
2: Is that embarrassing? It,
1: it is some, for him. some people, yeah, yeah oh. some people, yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, talk about this. It, it sounds like you, you just described the Democratic Party in the United States because they have, like, they they've got a completely different um, view of reality. Where they're Listen, the saviors, they're doing nothing wrong. And it's like you, you do know you started the Klu Klux can. Oh no, 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 no. That's a different time. La 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 la. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that, that, like that.
0: That. that that boat's his man cave.
1: Yeah. And has always yeah. been his
0: man cave since he was like twenty. And he's had different boats over the years, but you know, he's literally made it the mobile man cave, water-based man cave.
4: Mm-hmm. So you know it's that's really nice sweets. inside. Yeah.
2: That's that's what the assaults have been though in those situations. And actually, um, it made me this week. I looked up um, Black Moon Lilith in astrology. I and I know it's late in this timeline and life for me to have looked it up. But I actually, looked up where Black Moon Lilith lives in my own natal chart because I copped a slap myself from a past partner from a long time ago, who has never gotten over <laughs> getting dunked. But, um, and it made me look up Black Moon Lilith because that's actually come up this week in astrology. Now I'm not a specialist in astrology. Um, I'm happy to name people that I would recommend. If I ever drop a name on this show, I want you to know that that's someone that I personally endorse, that I've worked with or know well enough to say this person's good, good people. This is someone I'd go to for their gift. Um, If I don't name someone that's sad because it's probably the person you should avoid but i'm not going to name it <laughs> so like, yeah don't give him energy yeah <laughs> that's right um but uh i'm not an astrologer I, I can name quite a few that i do love that are amazing around the world but black moon Lilith uh, rose ahead this week and and that seems to play a part in like the number one sort of theme of that rising this week has been what fear is actually driving your life because uh, mm-hmm. black moon Lilith is kind of like a mini Pluto. It comes in and and gives you that slap of uh, what what fear you're allowing to actually guide your life, whether conscious or not. And um, and all when I think about all those situations, Andrew, in those particularly in partnerships where there's been that reality displacement in one of the parties, um, that actually would be around that situation about drawing out, like if that's his man cave and that's his his greatest solace or his his place of home if you like right um yeah of course that's what was targeted and that was actually that's i've seen that happen to a lot of people it's even happened to me in the past couple of weeks so the number quickly, one thing uh,
1: as, as a hermit i like this idea of a mobile man cave because you can run away with your cave mm. uh being, no, being literally a- that's <laughs> what it's
0: like 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 i probably like you know here here in ohio we can go out from end of may to mid-october depending on weather and you, you got to keep an eye out for the weather but mid to october basically end of may to, to beginning of october you can go a little further because it, it's all about getting good weather mm. Mm. but you literally can be inside the boat outside the boat on the deck on the flybridge yeah. you know and he's done everything so well made space efficient everything it's not like it's chromed or anything like that (laughs) it's just meant to have three four five people in very comfortable positions that can easily overnight or three nights on that boat and it's literally a mobile man cave
2: (laughs)
8: Hmm.
2: (laughs) it's um it's fascinating that that's getting an assault at the moment too really everyone's i guess that's that individual assault on everyone isn't it but as you say, I'm watching for individuals that are not necessarily public or, or sharing their message in any public forum. It, it is hitting harder. I'm seeing people. Mm-hmm. And as Andrew and I have discussed in, in the past week, I did wonder if it was people that actually were more prone to a chemical shift where they actually were uh, at extreme ends of mental illness yes. as well.
0: Yes. Um, or borderline mental illness.
2: Yeah, if they were borderlining, they were kicking over into it more and yep. more. It's an interesting time too because I've actually done a few axials in the last couple of weeks and every axial I've done has been incredibly powerful. Uh, but I've actually had a couple of people that absolutely weren't ready to have their axial done. And, um, and even though we've gone through process and everything, uh, their axial was done but um, their own intent has tried to put the brakes on it. And the, the sad thing about your axle is you can put the brakes on it, but you can only hold the pause button on there for so long before it sort of says, Hey, you, you gave intent for this at some level, you have to kick up, but it's um, interestingly though, uh, particularly one of them has gone into that place of who was more prone to depression more than anything else, more than any anxiety or anything else, more depressive. Mm-hmm. And um has fired into uh, this massive aggression. And we're seeing that in, I I can actually name a couple of colleagues that have gone that way too that have really surprised me. Um, But it's sad to watch. I have to stop myself from stepping in there and helping them without you know, because right. they're not going because to Because for it. It is,
0: their, it is their journey. And as teachers right. and people, we cannot step on their journey. And it's such a sticky eggshells to walk on until you realize I can't walk on their eggshells. Get out of their eggshells and then you don't have to do this delicate dance around them.
6: Yeah. And as soon right. as you
0: pull out all of that energy that you've invested into that person as a friend, a family member, whatever it is, and you realize you pull that back, that's their journey. It makes it easier for you to deal with as they spiral out of control.
1: Yeah. yeah I call it uh, the, the lovely lesson of being on earth, uh, the lesson of free will. And it's a lesson, (laughs) I think, mentioned when Melissa came to my house in a rare moment and had a cup of tea, it's like Mm -hmm. you constantly learn that lesson. It it comes out in different flavors uh, because it's not like, you know, um, uh, a spiritual lesson. Oh, I did that was eight. No, no, it's free will. You have to honor everyone's, uh, on a spiritual level, everyone's decisions. Yeah. But it's at their the same journey. time it's if, their
2: karma, it's their contract.
1: But if they're attacking you, there's a way it's it's not going down the level and you know I'm just burying myself in it. But yeah, it's that it's a free will lane. It's like, oh okay, you're doing that. I wish you well. Go away. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just it's because um it's a shift of frequency, and uh you have friends and dare I say, even family members, you you um you walk with them on a path. And then frequencies changes or uh, they get married or whatever. And then, um, you, you know, you drift apart. Uh, there's a friend of mine uh, who I haven't seen for a decade, but we get in the same room or on a call and bang, it's straight to the same high school connection of comedy and everything else like that. May not him okay. for another 15 years uh, because he's, he's uh, yeah, not getting married is not uh, a bad thing because, you know, married couples can have friends and everything else like that. I'm just using an example for whatever reason. Uh, things happen and, and people change and whatever because um, I'm doing the improv course it's uh when you cre- go on stage you, you're given a premise or a word and then you build the scene with the other player and uh, if the scene goes for three minutes at the end of the scene where you've worked it out you don't know the plot to it until you turn around and and see what you created during that um, three minutes. It's like mm-hmm. um, you, you you carve a path in the forest. You have no idea where you're going till the end. And at the end, it's like, Oh, we started there and here we are. And then you can, you turn around and then you see the plot unfold in, in retrospect. You don't see it yeah. as it is actually being created. Because you're focusing on, I mean, there is story craft and, and, and so on and so forth, but that's that's the basic premise. Whereas you try and make a good story, you try, uh, everyone is trying to make everyone else look better and you hopefully get jokes. And then the scene naturally ends because you've got to the end of the plot, which the only way you know that is you have to do the scene, then you turn around and have a life review of the scene. Like, <laughs> Oh, bang, 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 and you said that. And where are we going? Like, yeah. And it's interesting with if you watch enough improv, like say, "Who's lines that anyway?" There's this whole thing of getting out of the way and just letting that comic spirit or creator come in. And or you know, well, I can say this because we're spiritual and, and if you don't want to, like even the mind puts forward, there is moments where uh, um, a player on the stage says something and the other player looks at him and <laughs> it's like Ryan Stiles does it. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, Where did that come from? <laughs> that's the fun part of improv. But that's basically it. And so with Lionsgate, I was finding it interesting. That um uh, the energies universe a lion paw, it's just like right, we're open. And then this paw comes in, it goes bap <laughs> on the person standing in front of the lion's gate.
0: <laughs> yeah, get out of the way. You're blocking the gate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I've got uh, yeah, there's <laughs> I've got thousands of people to deal with, mate. Look, you pick a side, right? Like you're coming in and you're moving across
0: <laughs> exactly. You're blocking the gate. I want to get through here. It's like Disneyland, you gotta line
1: up. <laughs> Exactly, it's security at the music festival. You got a ticket? Then get the hell out of my way. Exactly. No, that's last year's stamp. A, you haven't washed your hand for for 12 months. That's just wrong.
2: So the key, Andrew, in all of this is spiritual hygiene. As this is all without trying to
0: make it without trying to make it cookie cutter. Yes, it's individualized for everyone. If you like your eggs scrambled over easy, that's your choice of how the eggs are served. And if you don't like eggs, it's oatmeal. But it's generally what is your hygiene to yourself and what are your practice to yourself, knowing how your life is. Meaning if you're a person that's got a shitty job, you should be doing spiritual practices of cleanliness because you know your job is shitty and you don't want those emotions to come home with you. If you're a publicly facing person, there are public revocations and things for you to do to clear out the projections on you. Let's just say you're, you're somebody in mid-level corporate, but you still got 50, 60, 70 eyes on you. That's the same as being a public facing personality. And you got to mm. take care of not only your own personal shit, but the projections that are coming at you. Then you'd be a woman in business and the sexual projections that are coming on you, whether you're, you're a musician, all those things, you've got to individualize how your reality works. A lot mm. of people have a tough time looking at mm-hmm. their reality and seeing the obvious right away. My job, there's 50 eyes on me. My job, there's three eyes on me. You know, just by going, how many eyes are on me? Every one of those is a projection.
1: Yeah. And you I, gotta I,
0: amalgamate I, them into one form of a language, meaning anything coming at me that's not from my generated internally. Mm-hmm. And you got to put those into the spiritual hygiene wind lens of perception and create those those tools, whether it's guided meditation, sun gazing, that purifies your energy.
1: Yeah, I sort of got that when I was DJing. Uh, it's fascinating where um, I would just turn up, uh, have some beers, and, and bounce around like a neuron in a good way while playing music and making people get on the dance floor and you know floor fillers and everything else like that. Gotcha. It's um, it, it, the, not p- projection towards me, but people would like, they would create um my entire life in their mind. And cause I'm, I'm having fun. They would see me having fun in a moment in time. I'm having fun. I'm jumping up and down. I'm DJing. There's an element control, I guess, blah, blah, blah. They see me having fun. And then they create an entire reality about how awesome I am. And then they hate that projection that they've just put, they've created themselves even though I usually go home by myself to my, my cat and my cat's like, what are you doing here? You know, it's completely, you know, home at life and everything else. But I, I, you know, but it's what I'm getting at is people see something and then I'm sure you've had it as well. It's like, well, you've got all these powers or you're looking fantastic. Then they build a whole Storyline around you and scenario. It's like, well, they must be um seeing everybody, and they they talk to Buddha, and um they 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 go home with hot chicks all the time. That's me, by the way, the, the DJ. <laughs> hot <laughs> well,
4: chick listen- is that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a <laughs> pussy joke. There's a pussy joke in there, but let's move on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they create they they create this crap in their head, and then they react to the fantasy in their head. And then it's projected exactly. at you. Yeah. It's like they project a, a false life and they hate that. And then you just get the, the basic, um, the energy of the emotion that they've created in their head.
0: Right. So somebody in the yeah. chat room said, wait, why not simply reflect and reject? Well, it's not that simple when it's a projection that's created in someone's head that has their belief energy beyond it, just reflecting, sends it back to them. They'll never learn anything from it. That's why you got to go to the source and inform the source. It's cut off. It no longer has a channel to you. It can't create a portal anywhere in your frequency and feel.
1: Hmm. Yeah, because um, is will be an element of feeding by even just by re- reflecting it back? You're adding energy to it, even if it's minute, right? And it would just be um, a, a closed circuit, and they'll just and then all of a sudden, you know, eight months later, a guy comes up and says, "I fucking hate you," and it's like, why? Okay. Reasons. I've never met so- <laughs> you. Know, like, I feel like um, of- Thanos and um, the Scarlet Witch. You've took everything from me. I have no idea who you are.
0: <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times I say I, I I make the statement about what what the true source of an energy energy is. You have to know sourcing and what's coming at you, and then the next thing is how you deal with it. Because if you store any charge and polarity, that gives them battle space. The reflect and reject is still storing a bit of their energy because you're allowing it through. Because somebody was just saying they're having a great learning. But here's more to the learning. Why we neutralize the, the portal itself and we neutralize any charge and polarity for any future argument. By doing that is where you ultimately get to the core of spiritual hygiene. You control your reality. What comes in and out. No more people can no more use your reality like a credit card. Unfortunately, friends and families do that too all the time. And they charge, you know, bounce checks off of our soul. Yeah.
1: Okay? Yeah. I've noticed, well, my family's not that bad, but I've noticed like me and my mom, we're, we're advanced quite well. Uh, having Melissa there helps like because of mm-hmm. you, Melissa, my mom actually listens to what I'm saying may ignore 80% of it. I don't care in that. Well, I do care, but it's not a major factor. It's that she listens and then she go, oh, okay, that's what you're saying. But, you know, instead of like, no. Um, and um, I've forgotten what I was going to say now. Um, crap. Anyway.
2: Families aren't that bad.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Uh, credit, it's-
2: credit card on the reality
1: i will come back to me about four minutes when it'll be totally out of context, (laughs) as it usually does. I'm having a Planet Collingwood moment. Why? What? Uh.
2: Uh, It's it's the deficit of being intelligent, Monty. Your head just went too fast for you. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes. The the lazy time lord is like, there's a thought. This is stamped three weeks ago. Well, I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) Uh, For those interested, I did see Scoffy, too, when I dropped into Monty's Cave. It's... um... (laughs) And still won't tell me like, what
1: she said <laughs>
2: <laughs> she does the scoffy thing she's uh, she couldn't stay away from me didn't want to see me couldn't stay away from me um and then decided to honor us both with a jumping on top of a speaker between the two of us and washing her butt which was you know the old i call it the flagpole you know where the leg goes up yeah <laughs> and, <it's> like, and <laughs> i uh, honor
1: you both by licking my butthole <laughs>
2: Yes, she was very great. She was served in, uh, with her presence, but um, wanted a session but didn't want to be there. Wanted to show me how tough she was because she was chatting to a birdie through the glass. <laughs> and then did the old flagpole on top of a speaker so that she could <laughs> just let us know who's in charge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All hail scoff jumps. <laughs> scoff. But scoff.
2: Um, but sure enough, even while I was there, Monty got up at least two or three times to let her in and out of the house. She really does will really- live.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 and finally people are realizing. Like, I've been on calls with Andrew. It's like, is that Scoffy? Yes, every day. Oh, I thought you were do- no. <laughs> this is a reality for me. tishy just- Scott, and but I uh, keep Ella- telling
0: him to record this stuff and make billions off of his cat. No, I'm going to be a lazy time lord. Not record my cat.
2: Yeah, you could so easily make a fortune from it. Just. To get her yeah. up there on
1: TikTok. While well, you say like, oh, I'm an Instagram like influencer. No, I'm I'm a documentary maker about my cat. That doesn't appeal to me, walking around just following, do something, do something, do something. But do she's something. also
2: she's actually a really distinctly uh, distinct looking cat. She's got some of the biggest eyes you've ever seen in a pretty cat face.
1: Like because she's a tabby, she's got an M on her forehead.
2: Yes, she has. and she's um thank you very much yes and for Monty and for Mel she just loves us but she um yeah she's got um no you definitely should uh, you should film her and how she controls you she's hysterical but she's um uh a classic to the way that she does talk and what she talks about and she has such utter beautifully feline disdain you know like that cat disdain of uh,
1: what was I I I thinking yeah, no, there's, a, there's an element of like, I, like you know, how we talk about, I want to see my soul contract. Why is this happening? I, I've got <laughs> the occasion of like, yeah, I love you, you big pellet. Get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go outside now. I want to come inside now. I want to go outside now. I want to come inside now. Quiet purr, loud meow. That's the wonder of scoff chops.
0: Well, people in the chat room saying they would watch your cat videos. Yeah, they would and you mm. wouldn't be a cat documentary you only need to get a couple things that are just the things she does every day yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we can see the, the door no outside above outside your
6: head 60-
2: <laughs> 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 it requires energy but it's um but yeah she's uh, you could make a fortune off her mom she's a classic i don't there really is no cat quite like her uh,
1: no no like she meows, I want affection. Uh, but I think she was traumatized at a very young age by a five-year-old, so she doesn't like hugs. And then uh, sometimes she does. Like, all right, it's 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 that wonderful cat or the feline thing of whatever. <laughs> very Gen X. It's great. See, you know your cat so well.
0: You are already uh, talking and talking for her. See, all you got to do is just put captions above her head. What is she really saying? And become and be funny. <laughs>
4: but
2: you gotta get like you need to get video of her because she's just she's not even skittish she's she's a snob it's
5: snob it's,
2: it's not a fear thing it's just i have absolutely no time for you and um but then can't even like Particularly when I come into the place, when I whenever I see her, she can't stay away, but she won't be touched, but you can't pick her up, but you can like, but I've got to stay close to you, but I don't want to be near you. But you just see this constant I, debate in her.
1: I remember you telling me uh you were driving away from mum's house and she was like two hundred meters up the road and she had yep. to say something to you. Like <laughs> you had to stop and get out and have a chat with her.
2: I had to get out, out of the car, I just stop yeah. and get out of the car. All right, what's wrong? Okay.
1: <laughs> so he's and then still just, doing that thing. <laughs>
2: Just turns and leaves.
1: (laughs) Say hi. (laughs) Just
2: just sits down, tells me what I need to know, and then turns and leaves like a true cat snob. She's just um, definitely, definitely part of Egypt, that one.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. It's like uh, (laughs) I remember when I was surrounded by sand, I could crap anywhere.
0: Yes. (laughs) And then they'd gather my little turds, dry them out, and make sacred fire with them.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That now. was the
0: life. Always clean sand everywhere you
1: went. It was warm. <laughs> now I live in Melbourne. Dear God, why? <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is what I chose. This is what I chose. It's like, Marley, I had that moment myself a few days ago where something horrible happened, and horrible is always going to happen we're human. Okay? That's, mm. that's how this life cycles. When something horrible happened, and my first thought was, how the freak did I create this for myself?
1: Like, I say that all did, the time was, about you. Like everything that happens to you is like, what did you agree to? And I'm sure at the yeah, end I uh, I'd like,
2: finish this stupid stuff. It yeah, was like, just, uh... I think
1: part of my, part of my life review will be the Melissa package, where oh, by the <laughs> way, at least it wasn't this. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
2: it's just, I just thought, what the hell is this? My God, did I do this to myself? My first reaction was to go to not, oh, I'm a victim and oh, my God, blah, blah. But it was just like, oh, my God, I've done this to myself again. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, it's uh, me,
1: isn't it? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and yes, it is. But yeah. it was just, um, but, yeah, I was just, and I was furious with myself. It took me, for me, with the whole, you know, how you're saying, you know, you had a sleep, you felt better and everything after you hit that rage point. Um, where I was angry at myself, uh, particularly for that one, something that big, I needed. I need about 36 to 48 hours before I will let myself respond. Mm. Otherwise, I just yeah. can't respond. And
1: that, yeah, I just that create goes,
2: more work for myself.
1: Yeah, as you um, teach in your courses about uh, emotion is the lost form of communication. However, if mm. you become a master of your emotions... And I think you add to it, or I usually step in. It's like, that does mean feeling everything. Like if you're feeling rage, find a way of letting it, even if it's a slow drip uh, or letting the floodgates go and hopefully you don't destroy all your uh, belongings. But if you ignore it, and um, here's a good question uh, for for the panel. Uh, Like when people, when they have that emotion, it's like a timestamp. If you don't deal with the, the emotion of the now, because for whatever reason, my grandmother wouldn't talk to her sister because something happened in 1935. And so okay. by, by not transmitting that energy, is that like a timestamp in the, in the time stream because uh, they haven't dealt with it and they still feel it and it takes them back, you know, energetically, not totally conscious, but there's a, a link to that moment and they have to let it go. Does that make any sense at all?
0: Yes, as a question, yes.
1: right? Yeah, because yeah. it's like you're holding, you know, oh, like my apparently my, my my brother has an issue with my father because of something he said in 2008. Like, really? <laughs> I like, think let it go. Like,
2: that brings up the whole topic of the whole forgiveness thing, and um, and I've long this whole life I've debated about forgiveness and how it's lectured to us that we should forgive and we you know because bear in mind i was i was brought up in strict churches and was locked away in a very strict catholic school and all that sort of stuff so you can imagine that i've been fully exposed to the hypocrisy but um but the um the whole forgiveness thing is an issue that i i often debate about i really think the only person similarly to the only person that you can ever really hope to heal is yourself And similarly, the only person you should look to forgive is yourself. Um, I don't think forgiving anyone else, forgive yourself for where you were, forgive yourself for your reactions. Um, And uh, there's a, but yeah, the whole forgiveness thing, I'm trying to remember the lady's name and she is good value, but um, there's a a fantastic pastor who's, I think she's based over in Chicago. Uh, I can't remember her second face of her surname it's nadia bolts something um, it's b-o-l-z it's hyphenated with something i'm really sorry though. i can't remember her name but she's a terrific chick and she's um she did a clip about what forgiveness is and described it the best way i've ever heard it she's you know um she's one of those fabulous pastors you know covered in tattoos and stuff she's awesome and she's um she talks about the fact that forgiving someone is you're taking the bolt cutters to the hold that they have on you it's not turning yourself into the doormat. It's not turning yourself into the, oh, yes, you can do that whenever you like. The whole Jesus turn the other cheek. I'll guarantee when he turned the cheek, he dodged the next hit. He was not going to let someone smack him. He just wasn't going to let them have that hold on him. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, that's, that's what forgiveness actually is. Forgiveness is a tool for the self, not for them. You're never going to hear if someone's done something really foul, something really abhorrent to you or to those you love or whatever. Um, you're not going to hear, there's no time you're going to hear an apology that's going to satisfy you.
6: Not,
0: and you this, lifetime. Hear it. Yeah, not this lifetime. It's because it's on a death door. And even still, you can forgive, but not forget. Yeah, them.
1: You, 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 you have, I've, I've forgiven friends, but I've never seen them again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's right. Why let yourself be the doormat? No. Take the bolt cutters to it, cut that freaking cable with them, lose the connection to them. Right. Like take it's, the ball cutters and cut it, not because what you did was right, not because I'm allowing what you did, not because I, um, I'm i okay with what you did, but because I'm not going to let what you did affect me anymore. Exactly. And take the, the and the, cutters. Man. And the
0: other side is recognizing what a person is doing wrong to you, when they're doing something that should be burning the bridges of relationships. You know, when they're doing something so awful and nasty, you have to cut the bridge off. Energy form of energy exchangement and keep that wall of reject and reflect, but understand behind it, you can never let that energy in. And then the internal forgiveness journey is getting at the core of how much trust you've really given this person and the damage that they've done to that trust. So once again, that inner work, because one of the things I like to say is start with one month of blanket forgiveness of only yourself, nothing external, nothing that (laughs) was done to you. Anything that's been done to you in your life, forgive yourself of that start with one month of that and you'll understand how the projections of the external feed our internal demons. Mm. Okay. And once you starve them out and actively work, work on, on taking away their, their iron grip and that bolt cutter energy is when you can begin to realize how much your creativity has been supplanted by their energy.
2: That's right that's exactly it your creativity has been absolutely smothered it's been dimmed by maintaining that connection um tina i think i think i saw tina actually in the chat room there's a lot going on a lot speeding past you um saying that she always blames herself first no tina it's not a matter of blame Uh, you can own it you can as as i did this week as you heard me say um you know, you can say, damn, did I create that? You know, but I'm not blaming myself. I'm not going, you know, oh, you stupid bitch. You know, like, yeah, yeah. well, you do that a little bit. But it's uh, it's more like going back and actually saying, okay, what can I create to, to, to balance this? It's, it's looking ahead, not looking behind you. Don't go to blame. Don't do that to yourself.
1: Yeah, I, I use um, an example of, uh, um, like, eventually we have to forgive the Clintons now, uh, let me preface that a lot because it's going to take eight lifetimes and you'll be a 10D um, spiritual. <laughs> it's going mm-hmm. to take a long time. It doesn't mean forgive them now because they haven't stopped. When they stop, th- th- there's going to be an element of forgiveness somewhere in reality. It doesn't mean right now because they're right. still doing it and they're still affecting. And uh, it could be uh, a couple of lifetimes. You're in 9D and, oh, <laughs> oh thanks, Hillary, because... On a spiritual level, are they are we all playing a game and you know, but it's got to be high up. There's no way like I tell people in this 3D reality and they go, Oh, and so that's why I have that preface of all oh, well, <laughs> well, if you can do it now, good luck. Uh, but they haven't stopped the one thing is they haven't stopped doing that. you can't forgive someone if they keep doing the same thing because they need to, you know, stop and then you can forgive. Maybe three, four lifetimes. Once you you're more understanding of whatever it is, but as a three D human, I'm not going to forgive the Clintons. (laughs) It's not going to be this lifetime, but I'm just throwing the kernel of like you know further down the timeline and experience is like, oh, one of
0: the things I want to share from personal learning and growth growth through life is there are certain people that, for whatever reason, turn. And this is not to individualize to any of it. They just turn on. Everybody's had the betrayal energy. Yeah. And there are times like what Monty was saying, next lifetime, in my personal life, and because I have a vision, I'm saying we're done this lifetime. And if you if you ever hear me say, next, see you next lifetime, it's because we're done. But I would have this vision into their into their life review about that energy, which made me hold on to one more ray of hope that before the life review, that person would do it. And it was something that because my skill was so refined, I sure. had to break the precognitive's building of that structure and that energy because it was blocking some of the energy that I needed to let go. Mm-hmm. And other people think about that. If you're really done with a person... What does that really mean? It means next lifetime. And defining what it means, next lifetime means this lifetime, all the contracts created, everything, all the potentialities are zero minus infinity. Not going to go forward anymore. You've done something that has created that form of response. And yes, we may heal from it and we may come to a better understanding or keep affirming that understanding of why the separation needs to be. Okay, but don't hold, yeah. don't hold on for hope. Don't hold on to that. In those little micro things of hope, you don't realize how the most little micro, yeah, till the life review. Well, I'm holding on and I can see that life review. Therefore, once again, I'm diffusing my own ability.
1: Well, mm. I think that, that's uh, an issue on the planet because we're told constantly uh, nowadays that um, you live, you die, and that's it. There, There isn't that whole, like um, uh, like in Andrew's book, Pointing out that, um, what is it, three hundred years ago? I I I picked up uh, the galactic historian. Like, I'll just read something, and I opened it to um the global narrative um chapter. Like, oh, reading this, and like three hundred years ago, like psychology's destroyed us, and you know we're more multi-dimensional back in history, and uh let's you know the Greeks battling Troy. They, you know, their ideas was that um, I'll see you in the next world, the next life. There, were, they, the, there was an afterlife, even before life. But you know what I mean? This mm. the, Today, they, they keep pushing of like the atheists and it's like, no, this is it. You're in chemical chance, chemical chance, <laughs> and all that type of stuff.
5: <laughs> However,
1: there isn't that uh, interesting take of realizing that death is not the end. And that by having that knowledge, (laughs) yeah, I I have a great joke. You know, the joker's like, we are eternal beings. You never really die. Come Mm -hmm. back in six months when you figure that out. (laughs) Because it takes a while to actually understand that fully. Like, well, (laughs) now, obviously you don't want to go and just walk in front of a bus uh, (laughs) because there's a gift of living in this now in in your meat suit but having that kind of knowledge even in the back of the mind it was like well okay well, you um a beautiful friends and we've had problems and there was betrayal see you in the next life i'll see yeah. you in the next world and it's and it's not a form of kicking the can down the road is it it's it's uh uh the the story that you both created during the uh life planning in the womb 10,000 years ago it's like okay we'll learn this on, and Okay, let's add karma to it as well. Is there karma resolution from past lives? Sometimes, not all the time, but because, mm. like, yeah, okay, um, yeah, in the life review, it's like, oh, Simon did this, yeah, that was a bit of a prick of thing to do. It's like, yeah, but you should have seen what you did to him when you were a Viking 300 years ago. Oh, yes, yeah, all right, yeah, fair enough. <laughs>
6: Oh. so
0: i want to talk about cultural icons for a second so who was the movie star that just died and heish and heish so what she doesn't really fit onto the cultural icon level other than one big movie she started and then disappeared but there are other ones so um today was the big court case for the basketball player what the, what the hell was his name kobe bryant And the wife testified in front of it, and Hollywood's going crazy with it. So we have the dead icon being reborn through media again. And what is an icon, a cultural icon? I want you to get both Monty and and Melissa to comment on what cultural icons are.
1: Oh, like a household name. Um, They're a character in your life.
2: Oh, is, are we keeping it that simple?
1: <laughs> no, they're, they're all, I'm a simple, simple man. Yeah, no, you can, you know, this is where you share your experience. <laughs>
2: um, uh, it's an anchoring of um, a large scale of, if you like, an anchoring of large scale of projections, which is a weird way to put it. But given where we are at the moment and what's happening at the moment, that's probably a good way of saying it. Um, I loved Kobe Bryant. So in terms of referring to him as a cultural icon, so many people latched their little fishing line of hope on Kobe. And uh, so to me, that's your cultural icon. It's the people that are are hooking in with some degree of hope or desire.
7: um, An example.
2: Not necessarily an example. It's actually a projection of what they want in themselves, of themselves, for themselves. And so um, culturally, particularly culturally, because I was going to say that too about forgiveness and where you can accidentally keep, you know, that little nugget of connection where you probably shouldn't is because of cultural expectation, Uh, particularly if it's someone that's close to you or someone that's in your immediate family or someone that you're obligated to, that's your sister, that's your brother, you should, you know, come on, you should do this for the family. And um and absolutely, it's usually that person that has such a strong karmic connection to you in this life that probably is the person you need to go, done for this life. Yeah. If that's the person that keeps putting the blade in your back. Yeah. And so... Um,
1: there's also so that- an element of, like with an icon, there's an element of, um, as I said, like example, and I'll use my example of an example, the Four Minute Mile, which was broken in the 50s by Roger Bannister. Where uh, up until in modern history, uh, no one could run a mile in less than four minutes. And he finally broke through, and I think he three minutes and 58 seconds. And ever since then, because this is how humans work, oh, he can do it. I can do that. And people have been breaking four-minute miles ever since because they saw it actually happen.
0: So with cultural icons now being defined, we are going to be seeing a breaking of our cultural icons yeah. johnny depp will smith and they're trying to demonize uh kobe bryant and he wasn't even flying the helicopter okay mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a passenger and they're trying to blame him for doing it
2: okay oh. so, there's all sorts the of things coming up that?
0: oh, oh but, this is conspiracy theory since day one going through hollywood that they actually somebody actually shot it down with a missile i mean it's crazy the conspiracy theories that are around it
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay even 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 worse now, with the breaking of our cultural icons, what damage does that do to the mind and the soul? Like when well, Jimi Hendrix died, the, the people of that era mourned his loss. John yeah. Lennon. John Lennon. Robin JFK. Williams.
1: Yep. Yeah, um, even like Robin JFK wasn't 100% awesome. And uh, you can see all the... I've heard people go through a list of all the stuff he he did badly, and like, yeah, but still, getting his head blown off in public's not really. In a, the, a, in the a moment that he
2: died, and in the twenty-four hours or twenty-four to forty-eight hours after it, the entire nation was yeah, wrong. World. A world, world, the
1: entire world, and I'll give you yeah. an example of how Doctor Who's first episode. This is my Doctor <laughs> Who reference for the show. Um, it it actually uh, debuted the day after Kennedy was shot. And the producer Verity Lambert said, "I want to repeat the first episode because everyone was in grief and shock because of JFK, and so <laughs> the second Doctor Who episode ever was a repeat." <laughs> but um, it, and, it uh, rocked and, the and, world. And, yeah,
2: and that it's that that power of emotion. Where the word, like the word that I say with emotion, it's not that you have to control emotion; it's about learning to manage it it's it's not it's a management not a control not a directive and experiencing emotion is critical just as it's critical you know it's the critical part of being human that's what we're here for that's why ego lives with us and always will as a human because it's part of the lesson of what we came to but um with with that grief um that was It was a global effect that rocked everyone with JFK. And the loss of that icon was the loss of one of the very core bases we require as a human being, as, a, as part of the human race, which is security. Um, suddenly yes. security's gone. Suddenly yeah. the little fishing line you had connected to him has been snipped. And it's um, so, yeah, security um, that gets interrupted, the very roots and the anchor of where you are. Uh, it's similar, and I, I'm, there's probably enough people on either are old enough to experience this, uh, if you lose your mom or your dad, you lose a parent. Uh, there, I always, I'm known for saying this, I'm sorry if you're hearing me repeat myself, um, there are two experiences in being human where you're never more basely earthbound and human. One is in the process of giving birth and the other is in losing a parent because of the karma of it. Uh, relationship with a parents are always karmic. Um, when you lose a parent it's a very strange sensation it's like you've lost your anchor it is like you've lost your um, the buffer in front of you that kept you safe even though you may have had a very bad parent a very abusive parent it's still that you've lost the buffer in front of you that was like the harness that was keeping you on the roller coaster it's a very strange sensation it's a profound loss very unique one when you lose a parent
8: Mm.
2: and
0: that um, that morning energy when let's say like the loss of um, George Carlin, another mm-hmm. big thing that happened because all the comedians started speaking about him. Yeah. Let's say, uh, uh, who was the singer that died? Uh, shit, Amy Winehouse. Mm. Worldwide oh. reaction to it, but not as big as Jimi Hendrix, not as big as as the other ones. Who in our modern public celebrity figure? is as big as the Beatles.
1: Elvis. He's dead. Mm. Yeah, I know that. Allegedly, yeah. Well, actually, even if Elvis didn't Queen? die, he, he'd be dead now. Beyonce? But yeah. It, yeah.
0: Uh, Beyonce and the Queen are the two, but they're nowhere near the level uh, 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 of the Beatles. Nowhere near that worldwide mm. penetration.
1: Yeah, they were sort of the the, the um, Beatles mania. They were the first boy band. Uh, and, and it's just a timing uh, issue because uh, they, from their experience, uh, you also got Rolling Stones, but that's a different rivalry, blah, blah, blah. But the achievements that the Beatles did in just 10 years uh, of recording, uh, you know, they came out in 63. I think their first album came out. Yep. And they were mobbed everywhere. They changed uh, live performance because you couldn't hear them because there was... You, you watch old stuff, uh, old recordings, and you have to filter out the tens of thousands of girls screaming at high pitch. Uh, and it, it is a sign of the time uh, because before then, you know, uh, say Frank Sinatra, he didn't have the same numbers. Now, a, a decade later in the 70s, I think Led Zeppelin probably got a little bit bigger than The Beatles. Because when yep. they, t- yeah, Donald Trump, right now, I, the, the way I describe it, where Donald Trump does his speaking tour, he's getting Led Zeppelin numbers. 50,000 people turn up to see um, Donald Trump. But that's because that's what Zeppelin did. And that's in the 70s because you didn't have the internet, there was hardly any recordings. Um, uh, how many people's hearts broke when the Beatles says, Oh, we're going to stop touring now? And that was 65, 66. And so, half their career, they were just recording artists, and they would do television events because they realised they could just send the film out to the world, and they could stay home um, in their mansions. I do have a side question uh, um, for the Galactic Historian, okay. and uh, with um, humans dealing with emotion, becoming masters of emotion, what happens when we leave the planet? When we graduate this ex- this experiment? How does being a humanoid with this level of emotional mastery, how will that impact the galaxy and universe because we exist? So
0: first thing to understand is that journey into emotional mastery starts with impulse control. Hmm. And there are some impulses in the human body, be it spiritual impulse, chemical impulse, that can become so strong so fast you can't resist. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they they're attached to a reality based subject matter and sometimes it's a chemical unawareness process. You have total impulse control over the body. That means you can begin to change and morph the body in weeks instead of years.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So weight loss, emotional depressionism, all, all that goes away and the journey to, to the mastery the mastery process. Once emotions are controlled, it's an experience we allow ourselves to have to enrich in the experience. And yes, impulse control will come into challenge there, meaning some things can happen during the allowance of emotions in specific situations that can, like I said, vitalize and make the experience more powerful. That is magic. Mm. And that journey off world is how we show emotions. To others who don't have emotions Mm -hmm. or are still learning them or have a higher set of emotions, but are trying to understand these lower emotions that we're going through, how are they enriching the value of the experience? Like during intercourse or during comedy or during the laying of a gravel driveway and the accomplishment it creates because there's a physical aspect in 3D world. Mm -hmm. It's how we show our impulse control as an artist of emotions. That's how. That's the legacy to those that graduate. Mm. The art of emotions.
1: Yeah, because uh, we are unique in that respect. Because I know there there's humanoids out. We're not the only humanoids in, in creation, but the uniqueness is uh, what we're half spiritual, half physical, and the, the emotions are the thing. Because. I've heard stuff about uh, certain beings. There's there's a hint of not. It's not jealousy because that's an emotion. But you know they're intrigued by the uh, the emotional side of existing as a human on Earth.
0: Right, because they don't understand the non psychic connection and the guesswork that has to be done, and then the journey into the trusting of the guesswork that's not guesswork. Yeah, they're I, I, they're trying to see how the emotions affect the internal dialogue because they don't generally have an internal dialogue with their emotions. We grew up on having internal dialogue with our demo, our emotions.
1: Yeah, I'll give two examples, yeah. like you know people, um, <laughs> look especially male geeks. You know, uh, you don't cry. And it's like well, okay, uh, watch the end of Avengers Endgame and watch Tony Stark defeat Thanos and then die as well as um, going before that, uh, 1984, the, um, the search, no, um, what is it, Khan? Whenever um, Spock dies with um, uh, Captain Kirk, they're separated by glass. And you know, that that was a heart-wrenching <laughs> as well. And it's like, why are you laughing at that? I mean, laughing. Why are you crying at that? <laughs> because it's Spock. And, then, yeah, I can sort of see where uh, off-worlders would be intrigued of like, why is this? I can't think of apart from people dying, I can't think of something else. Mind you, um, oh, if you can help me out with an example where uh, something is so emotional, you're actually crying, but it's not a sad response. I'm sure that freaks people. It's like, hang on, why are you crying? You know, the, the off the world weddings. weddings, yeah, yeah. W- why are you crying? This is a joyous occasion. It's like, exactly. That would that would sort of you know, on a base level, if they don't know too much about it, it's like. Usually crying means sad, but you're crying at a wedding. And it's like, yeah, but they're starting a new life. And I remember, you know, the, the, the room is full of joy, but you're crying. Shut up. <laughs> it's The human response.
2: Well, no, usually I think um, there is a Chinese proverb that I'm going to, pro- I apologize now, I'm going to bastardize it a bit, but there's, you know, sometimes the emotion is so rich, it flows from the eyes. Yes. Mm. Good or
0: bad.
1: And yeah. it's um. And it's okay. crying. Have you ever started crying?
0: release. you ever had crying and laughter at the
2: same time?
1: Yes. We call it pissing yourselves. Sometimes a little bit of a wee does come out. You're laughing so much. <laughs> okay.
2: But no, crying and laughing at the same time a really lovely crossover. Uh, someone said that uh, a few days ago, someone told me it was impossible to do. And I'm thinking, how many times have I seen someone, um, what's an iconic movie? Oh, there's an iconic movie. How about the scene in Steel Magnolias? Uh, where they're at the graveside. And uh, seriously, if you're not bawling your eyes out at that, because Sally Field, right. uh, I don't know whether she won awards or stuff, it's not my thing, but she should have because she was freaking awesome. You ball your eyes out and then you crack up laughing while you're bawling your eyes out. I mean, it's a brilliantly done piece. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, sorry,
1: chickpeas, but yeah. But still, that that happens at wakes where um, uh, at the funeral, you can't really do much laughter, but at the wake, when you're talking about the person that's passed on and it's like, I remember when Dave did this and people are laughing for 10 minutes because Dave was a dickhead for doing something and it's remembering them. And it's an element of uh, part of the mourning process is like you're, you're remembering uh, it's an element of loss, but you're remembering a fantastic, joyful moment of their life and they're right. laughing. And I'm sure they're pissing themselves, you know, in, this, uh, in the astral standing there going, yeah, I was a bit of a dick, but I mean, I met my wife out of it. You know okay. what I <laughs> uh,
0: Another uniquely huh. shared experience that a lot of humans has, like uh, for those that have been in English school, uh, American school, study hall, I don't know about other countries. Basically it's, you have one class 40 minute period where everyone's just studying and it's all quiet somebody inevitably farts and everyone laughs. It just, it, it just goes around the room like the wave in the stadium, you know, the infectiousness of laughter and what's it doing chemically and spiritually in that moment? Mm. It's just breaking up the density in that moment because study hall is so dense and all that other stuff. It's a clearing. Now, the key is what can we do to do that for ourselves?
1: Without fighting?
0: with (laughs) farting doesn't matter (laughs) there are no rules there are there is no cheating at making yourself laugh is
1: there yes yeah yeah
0: okay you can't cheat yourself into laughing well maybe you you can can. there's no limitations to it
1: i wouldn't recommend taco um taco bill or taco bell for your entire diet because that's going to really screw up your colon (laughs) i'm trying to fart uh but yeah how many times you're you, you just on a train and you think of something and you you're you trying not to laugh because people would see you as an idiot because like hang on I'm, that guy's been in my periphery for 15 minutes and now they're laughing at something and but it's interesting though that laughter is infectious because once one person starts laughing if it lasts long enough other people join in and that's fascinating because yes uh, yeah excuse <laughs> I uh <laughs> Uh, because like science really doesn't know too much about the modern day science. Modern day science doesn't know much about anything, but the sleep still confounds them and laughter still confounds them as well. Because um, I heard someone describe uh, a joke is when you have two realities crashing in and that apex is where the laughter comes from. It's like, okay, that's close, but it still doesn't Because people laugh at different things where yes. um, people love Dane Cook. And I've watched his material and I'm like, okay, not now, my cup of tea. Now
0: try teaching that to an 80,000-year-old uh, <laughs> person that's been in a body with no emotions that's now DNA shifting to a body with emotions and no childhood, <laughs> okay? Because they were born in a tank and a soul was put in them.
1: Yeah, depending on the human, most likely we'll be laughing at them because, like, really, it's a lot it's
0: gonna be a lot of improv training with them. And <laughs> yes. That's a that's our legacy to the to the galaxy out there. Improv training. <laughs> How to deal with your emotions in the moment. <laughs> yeah, so uh when I
1: travel when I travel the galaxy, mostly on uh, Andrew's um uh, uh planet sized ship. I'll uh, bring a a laptop and Blu-rays of Who's Lines Anyway. And, okay, people, I've got things to show you. However, here's eight seasons of Who's Lines Anyway. Watch that first, (laughs) and you'll get it. Actually, now I realize I could really fuck up some civilizations because, like, oh, that's how humans are supposed to work. Like, no, 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 no. (laughs)
0: No, really, it's not supposed to work that way.
1: (laughs) This is not a – it's a how-to to to laugh, and it's all make me leave. Oh, I've ruined – Andrew picked me, beam me up, Andrew. <laughs> I've ruined another planet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> so these shared experiences from laughter also come in faith, um, where everybody's in a common prayer process, and the share in the sharing of that energy, and guided meditations with five, ten thousand people. I always say, don't be a part of them. Why? Because you're sharing your dirty energy with 10, 20, 50, 100,000 other people who may not share the same morals and values as you. And who created the source? So if you have no personal relationship or educational relationship with that source, and then all of the things that come with it, you put yourself into that dirty energy. But when you're creating it for yourself and it's in your own local group, the love frequency that a family has when everything's just going together. Or the love frequency you have, you know, when you're allowing yourself to be at school as a young kid or going out with the the new family, the the new friends are becoming their new family members. That journey, it's also a common shared experience. And there are many things we can say. It's like when you're finally inside the circle of friends. There's an energy there. A shared energy. Cycle, circuit, complete.
2: Well, that brings up, I apologize for the sound, but it's a long story, tech story. Um, but that brings up the topic back to icons and people's connection to them, doesn't it, really? Yes. Because it comes back to that feeling of that base security. And it's just, at the moment, uh, in regards to the Johnny Depp thing, I noticed they're trying to really demonize him again.
0: Yes, um, they're, trying to re- they're trying to regenerate Amber Heard. Yeah. Thinking that it'll work. And it's because um, somebody's, somebody's paying for it. Somebody's yeah, paying somebody, for it. Yeah, somebody's paying for it. And the whole satanic party thing came out. So obviously it's connected to the Hollywood super elites.
2: Yeah, it's pretty and um, the, the cloning of
0: children because they got Elon's eggs. And so we don't know how many other eggs, or, egg, or sorry, how much other sperm has been taken from billionaires and the cloning's begun. Mm-hmm.
2: Ooh. <laughs> well, there's something i don't know nothing so the story
0: about. already came out the story already came out and it's and it's got uh the divine the <laughs> other lesbian woman she's been with uh that this has been going on for quite some time and that yeah. you know they literally targeted johnny with this group
1: i just want to acknowledge catherine in the uh chat there the gun <laughs> yeah, the sperm right wars it. have <laughs>
0: yes the sperm <laughs> wars <laughs> have begun <the> gun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is fascinating because, like, um, I'm I'm doing work with um, Sean David Morton on Strange Universe, and the last uh, yesterday's show, it was pointing out how like the raise of the the rise of AI, and there's a small group of people who are morons. Uh, the WEF and everything, they we're all useless eaters. And so if we all go automated and machines making machines, making machines, 90% of the population are useless. And so we'll have to remove them. And like, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> it's not going to go well. There's too many movies. <laughs> like uh, It's uh, fascinating where like, as i pointed out i'm in entertainment i kind of need humans because i don't really you know, i'm not going to do stand-up comedy to fucking robots <laughs> uh, uh uh that is funny you know I'm, unless they're johnny five from shirled circuit <laughs> but that's uh, different uh however I, it i've lost my point again uh i just yeah hi uh this is why i get that's paid the big bucks. <laughs> yeah welcome to the age of forgetfulness is that it <laughs>
0: With that being said, let's go ahead and open up the line for calls and I will give it to both of you to inspire people to raise their hand and tell us about their uh, Lionsgate and whatever comedy things they want to talk about.
2: I know I'm looking out, Robert, if you can keep an eye out for Catherine, Um, because I actually did ask her if she'd pop in and share her experience uh, or, what, what she's experienced in Lionsgate and what's going on with, with her, too. But uh, she and I started talking um, fabulous stuff about horses, which I know has probably already got you going, why well, horses? But no, you want to hear this. It's great. Okay. So, well, <laughs> Catherine,
0: Catherine is live and ready.
2: Oh, is she, did she put her hand up? Yes, it is. Oh, she did. Yes, gonna... Welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from California. Welcome to the show. What did you want to share with us? Well, I was enjoying the fact that because we had so much great information on the show and Melissa had offered the taste of what she does to those of us who are fans today, I had a chance to experience her work. And then when the Lionsgate started to hit, of course, I set, set up an appointment with her right away <laughs> because that was you, <laughs> <new. laughs> And it was just a spectacular session. And one of the things that I mentioned is that I've really – found that in so many ways, we really kind of have to learn how to be our own horse whisperer. And I had had the experience of trying to convey that to the clients that I work with, and I do emotional alchemy. And it was amazing that during one of my sessions, I felt the energy of Sea Biscuit show up. And it was so beautifully heart centered. It was this incredible warm feeling. And so then I did a little more research because I'd seen the movie, but It had been years and years and years before. And so when I went back to, I found that documentary of the story and then it hit me so hard to see that the story had gone forgotten and the woman who wrote the book that was made into the movie was actually dealing with massive debilitating, um, chronic fatigue syndrome and vertigo and some really hard stuff. But the energy came through her right around 2000. The movie was made by 2003. The book shot up to being a bestseller within a month of it being published after it took her four years of just sort of feeling the energy of the whole story of all the different people who were involved. You know, the man who bought Seabiscuit, who brought him out of obscurity, and then the horse whisperer he hired, and the jockey who was run down, and everybody was broken who was involved. And they all came together to feel really you know, profoundly transformed by the whole experience that lifted, you know, became an icon and a legend, you know, in the entire country in the late 30s, and really lifted up the whole nation at a time when we were spiritually bankrupt. And as it returned, you know, to be in a film, you know, made into a film around 2003, prior to all the effort that was going into, you know, 2006 of, you know, everything, it just felt like the timing of the energy kind of coming back around, here we are again, spiritually bankrupt in some ways, but not. And so as I was talking about this, this idea of, like, we are having to figure out the fact that we're both the horse and we need to be the whisperer for whether it's our ego we're whispering or our life. And in that process, I said, you know, I would really love to know what Andrew would have to say about where Sea Biscuit is from. He loves horses. Maybe he'd have a story that he could share about what his energy is or where he came from. I mean, I know it was a collective of people, but I wondered if there's a way to tap into that Akashic record. Oh, because uh, Yes.
0: I Yes. I, I have talked about Seabiscuit before. Um, back back during the Natalie times. Um, hmm. how do I give it modern description without going into heavy duty horsey language? <laughs> um,
6: <laughs> I was I was,
0: interrog- I was interrogated by Natalie by a variety of very famous horses, and another horse that learned to actually spell and create language in Russia. Like it could put whole sentences together. Oh and wow! Answer things. Yeah, so being there have been horses who have done this throughout this amazing stuff throughout history. So Sea is Bucephalus, which is Alexander the Great's horse.
6: Wow. It's the same soul. Ooh.
0: But wow. you must truly understand lineages of horses and how they work because human and horse have been intertwined Ooh. for a very, very long time. You really can't call us separate. We are through the box of our perception, but in reality, we're not. Even wow. though cars separate us, we're really not. We're, we're still that ingrained. And it'll yeah. be another many thousands of years before any form of real separation. So when you get the human body, you get your duplicate horse body too. And there's a wow. few other duplicates. So what they're able to do is come in and own a lineage and go backwards in history and forwards in history, and manipulate history for one specific version of themselves. Now, horses Mm -hmm. also work as a spiritual herd. So they're not just this one horse. It's generally horses within 200 miles. And in Seabiscuit's area, in 200 miles, there could have been a half a million horses. Wow. Half a million souls working... Seven generations in the past and seven generations in the future to make a sea biscuit happen and manipulate man through it. Wow.
1: Can I bring okay. up Farlap? Because Farlap's at the same time, however, it's on the other side of the planet. So once again,
0: <laughs> it's duplicating itself all and then those the horses that didn't make modern history. The stuff that was done in China and the horses in the 1920s, even crazier. Mm. Okay. They taught them how to paint pictures. I mean, but then again, you can go all throughout history and find these same stories from the animals that were closely intertwined with us.
3: Wow. It's so inspirational because there's such a, I mean, there's so much to just being where you can look at them. It's inspiring. And when you can feel and know, I mean, I, the idea that, you know, they're quote, prey animals, and that it goes against their their interest to even have someone sit on their back. Yep. And, and yes. the you know, I mean, like the idea that dressage, you know, pulls, pulls their head down. I mean, there's a part of me that now that I know much more, it, it's a it's a big wake up. Um, because I, I wanted to study horse whisperers. And I looked at the story of Buck Brandman, and what he'd been through this horrific abuse and trauma. Yet, there is something to, in order to be that horse whisperer, where you really have to know and have gone through intense initiations and it's yes. such a change of yes. initiation Listen, process. It's
0: dark. Like part, part of my journey with Natalie was helping her deal with the dark stuff that she had going on and the horses that she was fixing. Think of what Melissa does, but she did it for horses Wow. Full on, full on changing at the yeah. DNA level, everything about the horse, resetting the lineage, but dealing with these lineage based demons that were curses because wherever an army went, cavalry went with it. And oftentimes these horses had magical spells put over them that would absorb the di- other dying energies of the war they were going through. And then they'd be forced into come back into a horse body dozens of lifetimes in a row as part of repayment of this cavalry debt. Something else to understand is horsing as a community. It's very dark today. It was darker Mm -hmm. in the past. Like people don't realize they have horses who are racing at three years old. Would you put a seven-year-old in a, in a, in a, in a race? Their bones aren't fully formed yet. A three-year-old horse is the same thing. You are putting something on a toddler and making it run 40 plus miles an hour over and over and over again. What do you think the mentality of that horse is? Mm -hmm. It becomes aggressive. It becomes that stallion. It's taken over by the DNA, which creates an attraction of negative entities. And barns can be some of the most disastrous places where entities fight over territory. Wow. And one of the big things I was able to instill in that is how to create a protective territory, how to kick it out, how to de-haunt at a different level at its ancestral lineage level. And we went really, really deep in it. But yes, the horsing community—if you're going to be going into any form of horse whispering, you got to know your battlefields, because they will get at you as soon as you start doing the slightest little clearing work in something.
3: I, my attitude is more: how can we do? It, you know, in I suppose the intuitive feeling of, you know, we rebel and we kick down the doors in our own life, and we, you know, don't want to do what we need to do, and so that idea of how do we get our own part of parts of self to agree to do things we need to do? And the, the fact that we have to be both, we have to allow for those feelings or what have you to be there, but then also to figure out, well, how can I get you to work with me and allow me to, you know, travel with you when it's just us with us. And I just find that process inspiration just to bring it, you know, in the individual level, you know, in addition to the fact, I mean, I love horses, but I'm just, I'm just working currently with, with the individual rebellion within that is similar to a rearing horse that wants to kick somebody and it Uh does work. It definitely makes a difference. So
0: you're connecting to horse medicine, Mm -hmm. the teaching of the spiritual horse and all the different colors and styles of horses that have their unique horse teaching. Okay. That's different than going in, being a horse whisperer to a living horse and then telling the owner about it because they're like, You don't realize the business of why horse whispering is so difficult because you do have to read the human too, because sometimes it's the human causing harm to the horse. And sometimes you may fix the horse and the human will break it the next day. And sometimes you just have to let the horse be broken. Why? Because the horse is saying it, you will make my life worse by fixing me right? and come to terms with that. And then what do you tell the human? Oh, you're perfect. No, you can't. That's the challenge of horse whispering. My my mother. You can tap into the wisdom of that horse separate of the human. And that's something that Natalie was able to show me a different way of having a relationship with a horse and then being able to communicate with the herd. And then that herd that's connected all the other herds that are around and then tapping into that and making a part that, a part of my daily living, just as they look for the center, I'm always looking for where the herd energy is too. Because wow. not only did it add a valuable teaching, but it was able to reduce the stress I had put on myself from always having to watch. But having 500 or 700 extra eyes that I knew were always there was awesome. That's
3: amazing. What I was going to mention was that I, I my mother was a nurse who we had a couple of pets in the household. Um, we had like two dogs and a cat. And the cat out of nowhere attacked one of the dogs, not both of them, just one, horribly. And... They took her in and made a to get her checked out and she, they brought her back and she, you know, she immediately attacked the dog again. And they were on the verge of putting her down because they didn't know what to do. And then it occurred to them, why, are we, why do we keep checking the cat? We're not looking at the dog. And so they looked at the dog and the dog had such severe diabetes, she was gonna drop dead any moment. And the cat was actually trying to protect the family by eliminating the diseased one. And my mother was so inspired that she literally searched the earth for where she could study the how to you know how to work with you know pets and their behavior. And she built a practice that was connected to all the vets in New England so that when someone came in and said, just put the dog or the cat down due to behavior, they would say, Well call Karen first and then We'll see, you know what we can do. And she had a wall. I grew up with a wall of photographs of all the animals who had been rescued and did not get put down. And it was the people. Off, it was the whole family she dealt with. It wasn't the animal, you know, alone. Yeah. It's always that she was. She was looking at the whole picture. So I grew up with that as my, you know dinner table conversation as a kid so the idea of always considering the whole household the whole situation was sort of the holistic side of it so it's no wonder that now when I get to this you know and I'm doing things now that I look at it and go all right, well, what are we eating? What are, what are, you know, where are we sleeping? You know, what, you know, what kind of connection is there? You know, all those questions, because it really feels like we're at that level now where we, we you know, this, the Lion's Gate energy, what have you, it's like, we have to be able to really look deeply, you know, not just at our spiritual hygiene, but also at our connection, our partnership with animals. Because to me, there's so, there is truly so much in which they bring us to our heart. They teach us presence. They teach us what it means to live in uncertainty they are so inspirational they're such alchemists uh, just as they are because to touch one you shift
2: and to have one around it brings joy yeah exactly it's um humans were always meant to be able to communicate with all species on the planet everything in vibration plant animal fish everything we were always meant to be and this particular cycle of the human species is way way behind in terms of where we should be on that level um, animals haven't lost that. Most of them haven't, even domesticated animals. And you've got to look at two domesticated animals come in and karmically choose their pack. So if a dog's come into your household or a cat's come into your household, whatever means that they've come, that they've become part of that household, they're part of that pack purposely. Mm. And so it's, um, I actually, one of the advanced level training courses that I do is for people that specialize in working with animals and communicate with animals and uh, every now and then you get someone that comes in that's that's one of these animal whisperers that you that you're referring to and um that comes through that we train as well but um you'll see them too like it's very easy to spot someone that that's their gift when they come through and and, every um, generation
0: has their icons of that and unfortunately they're never public They're always private in that little soul cluster circle, just like her mom was, all those animals manifested her. Yeah, that's right. Right. They manifested her and she said, all right, I'll do this for a lifetime. And she did it. We need more people to recognize the offerings from all of these communities who have dreamed a potential dream with us. If we say, should say yes. Yes with spiritual integrity and hygiene as a fundamental part of our journey with them. Because when we're offering a service, it's not an expectation. It's an understanding that the cleanliness is what is needed inside the practitioner for that to deal with this darkness.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: What I find interesting is um, uh, that, uh, from Star Trek four is the best easy example where uh, a probe turns up and they're trying to communicate to a being, to a group of beings on the planet. And Dr. McCoy is like, uh, are they trying to, you know, why, why are they, why won't they uh, talk properly to humans? And Dr. Spock said, maybe the message is not for humanity. Uh, humans always just think it's just for them. There are many <laughs> species on the planet and you've got the dolphin collective, the whales, the horses and, and everything else like that. Uh my, I sound this is gonna sound like I'm um you know, let's go vegetarian. But uh if the planet to get you know, the whole thing of uh everyone working together on the planet is understanding elephants and horses, and I mean elephants they never forget. I've seen footage of um someone that hasn't seen, you know, they when they were a young elephant, they were raised by a certain child, and 20 years later the guy turns up and these four elephants just run at him with glee. And just stop and start hugging him. And on the reverses, someone that's been uh, um, terrible towards an elephant, the elephant sees them 15 years later and starts attacking them because they, re- they remember being uh, traumatized by this person. So it's it's interesting. It's like it's just not humanity. There's every living being on the planet is doing its thing and, and part of the collective. And as Melissa just said, we used to be able to communicate with each other.
2: Yeah. You still can. Okay. You can still learn it. Oh
1: yeah, I know. Yeah, we, yeah, we've forgotten. We haven't lost the ability. We've forgotten the ability. Yeah, that's right. It's
3: been it's been proven now that crows will if they when they've they've tested it with you know using masks with someone's face on it where they did a test where they were rude to a crow and then they wore um, they they recovered themselves and they did another test and a baby of the crow that had never seen the person. Get you know had the same behavior where they're pa- they were proving that was getting passed down almost through the DNA, mm-hmm. in that or, yeah. the, or that aspect of it. The intuitive you know the soul family experience was passed down so that it's it, there's so many other animals that also will say that's the bad guy. I remember you in multiple ways as well, which is Let's so with the, the, the crow.
0: The crow has always been considered one of the smartest animals in all of history. Like you can are. actually teach it to speak to you, and like. I said before there was a horse in Russia in the 1930s they taught how to speak and form language and letters like pick up the letters form the words pick up the words and form whole sentences now the crow can do that it, it, it do that but the lineage part of the of the epigenetic memory that's being passed on is specific yeah. to the crow and the crow's unique purpose which is to help the land transfer its own sacred energy to the spirit realm so and say if you've got a front grass driveway or grass over there, you don't do that. Energy is always there, whether your awareness is there or not. And the crows will come around and help pull that energy out and bring it into the spirit world. Thus is why they need that powerful epigenetic memory, because shit happens to the stuff on the land. And the crows do what? Eat the carrion, the dead stuff that's there. Help taking care of the the hygiene of the space.
2: Yeah have an amazing task. Um, the epigenetic memory is carried through a number of species, but particularly through birds. I, I yep. can think of a number of them that it gets carried through. The lyrebird here in Australia um, is a remarkable mimicker of sounds. They can make all sorts of sounds. And they're just an amazing, Mobile amazing. Yeah, yeah, everything. Um, and I could tell you a story. I, I had a resident lyrebird living on my property for 12 years, who we called Clooney. And uh, he could mimic the sound of the squeak of the swings down on the bottom terrace of the property, so much so that I would run down thinking, how did the uh, girls, you know, how, how did my little babies get down there? And they wouldn't be there. It would be Clooney just looking for attention. And it sound- <laughs> <Trickster>. <laughs> That's, that trickster. That's that trickster energy. Yeah. But a lyrebird can make the sound that its great-great-grandfather made, that it would never hear in this modern day, but it can make sounds that generations before it came to life it can make those sounds that epigenetic memory carries through particularly for some reason through birds um it's quite an amazing factor to find but the crows are yeah they're they're a fascinating fascinating creature and they're just um
0: years and years ago my brother had a blue and gold macaw and then he moved to hawaii and i inherited the macaw and the macaw was already bonded to him from birth. So I had to learn this bird's trust. And if you know anything about blue and gold macaws, they only really trust one person and then they bond. But getting this bird to trust me and um, and then introducing it to the rest of the pets in the family was its own unique challenge. But I would come home and if I didn't pay attention solely to the bird, not touch a dog, acknowledge a dog, he would get mad at me. Okay? <laughs> but he would also pick up on the language, my other dog, Ginger, this bird would go in the middle of the night, Ginger, and she'd wake up and come over because that meant she was going to get a cookie or something was going to happen. And the bird had figured out how to make Ginger sit and wait and look up at the bird, expecting the bird was going to give it a cookie because oh. it had mimicked everything about that.
1: That bird's a bastard.
0: <laughs> Poor Ginger.
2: <laughs> it's, no, it's, um, like even one one of the stories that I tell people about the fact that there is an enormous animals still have the ability to communicate at multiple levels through planet and of planet as well they still haven't lost their um, multi species communication if you like on many many levels yeah. and one of the examples I use to demonstrate that for people is um, oh Monty you're better at this t- timeline but um, the tsunami that hit Thailand and everything that was what was that 2000-
1: 2004. <laughs> Boxing Day 2004.
2: Yeah, Yeah, Boxing Day 2004. That tsunami, um, all the animals went to Mm -hmm. high ground. The only animals that died in that tsunami, aside from humans, uh, the only animals that died in that tsunami were domestic animals that were locked in and couldn't get out of buildings. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the rest of them knew, hours and hours before Mm -hmm. it came, that it was coming. And um, birds, everything, all species, uh, everything, goannas, you name it, like, you know, large lizards, small lizards, everything. And so that, that really does show you, I, I could name other situations more recent, but that's a really good example because that was an absolute fascination after the tsunami hit and so many died, that the only animals that actually died were animals that had no way of getting mm. out of the building while stuck. In it.
1: My housemate, uh, my old housemate who's passed on, and I'm, I haven't seen him for five years, but uh, when I'm remembering that there's that weird morning grief thing of like, I'm still coming to terms of like, I won't be seeing him again damn you universe anyway uh he survived cyclone tracy which was christmas day uh 75 1975 I, well first question why why storms are complete vaginas they keep attacking on public holidays that <laughs> let's get past that i mean boxing day christmas day However, uh, like one short story is he was, um, at, he, he just joined the Navy, came home for Christmas, and then the cyclone hit. Uh, the phone box down the road came through the lounge room window and went through the roof uh, while um, he's hugging his family. What I'm getting at is uh, the day before, mm-hmm. and you remember this in hindsight the day before, all the birds had left and, and, and most of the animals left because they sensed something was coming, including yeah. the, the Aboriginals disappeared as well. And so, if you're in tune to nature, it's like, yeah, um, bad juju. Come, we go now. And uh, it was fascinating. And uh, that uh, that cyclone, because of the way uh, Darwin is built, because it's extremely hot, it's like you know how the Japanese used to build everything out of basalt uh, wood and uh, rice paper because of the um, uh, earthquakes. It's just easier to rebuild. The Darwin was completely wiped off the map uh, from that.
0: Okay, we got to move yeah, on to I'll the up, next. Yeah. We, we got Hold to move on. on to the next it, caller. Thanks Thank a lot for so calling much. in. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, Robart, spin up the wheel of callers and see who is next. All righty. Sean Darcy. Signal to mute. Sean Darcy, are you there?
4: Hello. Hi, Hello. where are you calling from? Oh, I knew I would be picked, too. I'm like, all right, better unmute my mic. And, ah, I'm calling from um, Queensland Townsville. How are you doing? Oh. We, just,
0: we just talked the other day. How are you doing today?
4: I'm doing fine. It was interesting of um, what you said about those, those eyes. Mm.
0: But, I like, understand the, the eyes, eyes. Just, yeah. Those eyes are working for you and you can connect into them with perfect trust as they trust you because I'm sharing my vision with them. And when I'm sharing my vision with them, our vision is greatly increased.
4: Hmm. All right. Uh, I have a question. Sure, shoot. Can we have an update on the gang wars of the poltergeists? Oh. (laughs) Um,
0: So our local cities, I will use Chicago as an example. So you have been seeing mini riots every weekend over there where the young kids just gather and no cops do anything to stop them and then they start just destroying shit well what the poltergeists have done was go after the drug dealers first which has caused another drug war to pull the cops in so they're they're just increasing the drama factor because it's still new this this is not going to go away anytime soon these poltergeists Mm -hmm. are going to fight until they're dead and then you retreat to fight another day those few that survive so they're going to go until they burn out and they're they're like the kurgan they'd rather burn out than fade away so they're going to go after the most needy targets of drama right away it's fair to say that the poltergeist had some influence on the stupidity of raiding the presidential you know home okay <laughs> well, the goal is
1: it's basic chaos isn't it it doesn't and i, I mean uh, to mess with the global narrative, as an example, it could still be a positive aspect, but it's still coming sure. from chaos. It, it, sure, it's just sure. pure cha- yeah. pure across the board chaos. It doesn't mean all evil and will reign chaos and destroy everything. Yeah. Uh, that's still me. Like that sentence, it could be for Team Dark, where they're right. creating com- Yeah. So. so let's break down
0: chaos into Dungeons and Dragons term, chaotic ah. good, meaning you're a bit crazy, but generally you're good. Chaotic neutral, you're totally crazy and can be good and bad at both at the same time. <laughs> and then chaotic evil, you're the most evil motherfucker in the world. Mm. Okay? When you're dealing with a poltergeist, you're dealing with all three of those archetypes. You don't know what it's going to be at any any moment. When poltergeists start working together as a pack is when you're going to see the big changes Right now, it's the big bad poltergeist chomping their doing the King Kong in the neighborhood and manipulating the smaller ones to go and do work. I say in another month, month and a half, we're going to see the poltergeist wars go through the roof where the chaos they're going to create in the local streets is going to force an actual response against them.
1: Is that a timing, um, uh, not not a timing issue, but there are uh, they're taking advantage of the time because we're uh, in the United States. You're leading up to the uh, the midterm elections. Does that make no, sense? No, like- it's not.
0: It's not just. This is more associated with the solar process going on. Meaning, I we know. are our solar minimum is beginning to end, and it's switching to a solar maximum. That is what's activated the poltergeist. Combined with the the, the Lionsgate, and then the future astrological things, which will manipulate them into more aggression. Mm. And right now, humanity isn't in charge; therefore, humanity is not the target. It's those that are in charge because they're a hierarchy. Poltergeists are hierarchical chaos. They go after the hierarchy.
1: So this could be a good thing.
0: It could also be a bad thing.
1: Look at look at
0: look at look at (laughs) um. What's going on in uh, Pakistan? Pakistan's the next, um, whatchamacallit, Pakistan's going completely, totally broke. Just like, uh, not Myanmar, um, sure Sri Lanka. Lanka. Yeah. You yeah. can expect Pakistan, if it doesn't get a major bailout in the next 25 days, to begin to break down as bad as Sri Lanka. Okay? Think yeah. of why is Pakistan breaking down? Because they pulled out of Afghanistan and all the money that was flowing through to support the government. That's why they didn't want to pull out of Syria. All that money that disappeared trillions we talked about supports governments, governments that are favorable to the U.S. And the money going to Ukraine, what's it doing? Same thing. So they're going to look at the hierarchical structure and go after the meaty targets Get their get their get their all teeth all wet with blood, and then go after higher and higher and higher, waiting for them to strike back.
4: All right, I I, I love this because I can just like start a little kindling and it just burns and it's fine. Uh, what was another question? Oh yeah, I listened to that band uh, that you liked, and I like it too.
0: A tribe called Red. Yep. Yeah, good stuff.
4: Mm. Uh, what was another thing? Mm. God, did we make you off? laugh? Did, did we my... make
0: Did we make you laugh today?
4: Oh, I only joined halfway through, so. Mm. You don't want no,
1: the
4: but... question. Just answer it. <laughs> okay, interrogator, interrogator. No, sorry. <laughs> so we did not make you laugh. <laughs> uh, I, have a, I have a stick up my ass. Or yes, maybe it's noticed. not the...
1: Yeah, you don't need to tell us about your hobbies. <laughs> it's not a stick;
4: it's a pole. Ah, ah, ha! See, I but made you off
1: there. Yes, uh, but you're aware of it, so you know steps, baby steps.
4: Mm. Can I give you a riddle? Maybe no. Well, okay. <laughs> oh, that's it. I have nothing. <laughs> Go ahead, give the riddle. What is old bark but no bite? A
1: tree. Hey. Yep.
4: <laughs> hmm. What is all jelly but no fish? Jelly. All
0: jelly but no fish. Hmm. Uh, Joe Biden's spine.
4: <laughs> yeah, jelly. <laughs> uh, I had a third one. It's gone. I don't know where it is. Drawing a Monty.
2: <laughs> Lost the train of thought.
1: Ah, so I'm, I found I'm connected. It. Oh, there
4: we go. Um, there are about forty-four participants in this call, and I want to try motivating them. I don't care if you're in the bus or if you're in your car. If you're in your car, please do not watch while driving. It's very unsafe. Um, but I just want to try and like, come on, it's 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 a call and show. Raise your hand, chat, even do if you you're.
1: Do you want to be called a chicken shit by Andrew? <laughs>
4: well, It doesn't even matter if you're being called a chicken shit. You know, just call in to say hello. Even if you have nothing to say, just say hi.
0: Yeah, all yeah. you hermits
1: out there, call on in. And that reminds me, in three years' time, we have a meeting, so start planning. All
4: anyway, right, that's what I have uh, to offer. Yeah, so, get I'll I'll you, didn't mo- you didn't motivate anyone.
0: No hands were raised. <laughs>
4: nah, nothing.
0: <laughs> now you see how tough it is to motivate this crowd. Now you know why I resulted into threatening them and insulting them. Oh, we've got <laughs> one. You got one. Oh. <laughs> All right, brother. thanks a lot for calling in. All right, see ya. Hi, Robert's up. been up the wheel of collars and see who's next
1: Fred bond signal to unmute
0: Fred bond. Are you there?
5: Fred bond. Are you bond. there? There we Fred go. There Hi, where, where are you calling from? Actually, I'm calling the uh, West of Pontiac West of Pontiac. Welcome to the show. We make you yes. laugh today. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I've got one for you is that reminds me of the uh, Democrats and uh, there was a, uh, a series uh, from 67 to 73 called Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. I know the show. Yes. Where you can always bet your bippy. That's right. Bet your bippy. And uh, they always had the, uh, at the end of the show, they had a fickle finger of, uh, award with a bow on it and one of those finger
0: award i don't remember that
5: <laughs> one of those was given to the uh university of michigan for seedless cucumber
0: seedless cucumbers wow self-replicating cucumbers
5: but this kind of uh, rowan and martin's uh, laughing kind of reminds me of the republicans uh especially the uh uh, the guy in the raincoat riding the little tricycle and then uh, going in a circle and falling over. <laughs> because he had a yellow raincoat on and you really couldn't tell who it was.
0: <laughs> so during, during, during the last show, or the show before, I think it was the last show, we, we were asking, you know, when you stub your toe, what kind of toe stubber are you? Well, what happens I, after?
5: I ended up stubbing just underneath my toe. My sandal got caught in the steps and I uh, really skinned it good on the bottom of my foot, just underneath the toe. So
0: did you yell? Did you scream? Did you roll around the floor? What were you? Damn. Are you a swearer? (laughs)
5: No, I couldn't believe I did that. Oh, you're a dumbfounded
0: one. That's a new one. (laughs) (laughs) I
5: can't believe I did it.
0: dumbfounded that's another one
1: <laughs> it's like i mean in, from family guy peter keeps um hitting his shin and they just they just milk it forever and it goes for 30 seconds where he's just like i'm um, sitting down holding his shin going ooh, and he they just go on and on and on so the, there is the uh the breathe the sucking of the teeth response where he's just, like just just transcend it just transcend it write it out write it out you a
0: transmuter
5: yeah, Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a telephone operator uh, on Laugh In.
0: The transmuter?
5: Yeah, she uh, yeah. would answer the phone. One ringy dingy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hi,
0: right, brother. Well, thanks a lot for calling. And we're going to try to get right to, to some other callers that are raising their hand here. Go ahead. All right, Brent. Thanks a lot. All right, Robert. Let's spin up the wheel of callers and see who is next. Luke Cheka. Signal to Luke.
7: Chayka, are you I there? I
0: not your father
7: Hey, can you hear me? Yes. yes, where are you calling from? Oh, nice, I'm in New York City Welcome oh, yeah. to the show, did we make you laugh today? Oh yeah, there's a lot of, lot of funny things going on, you know And uh, yeah. I really enjoy the show a lot because, uh, you know, I'm just, I just like listening listen to a lot of talk shows Anyhow, and you know, this is, uh, this is by a very high-velocity, exotic, uh, down-to-earth living, you know So Yeah, thank you Yeah, that's uh, a so you know uh, it's it's just like enjoy enjoy listening to what you got to say because all this stuff is uh, very uh, unique and uh, a lot of stuff uh, you know I have a hard time catching on because you know I'm kind of very simple-minded and shit. But you know, yeah, I pick it up and stuff. You know, but I say I say uh, one time you know that you know remember when you were young and everything and used to look inside the uh, the sun you could see the sun it was just yellow and everything you know yeah you could just look but now. If you go to somebody like young and say, "Oh, you know, you look at the sun now. It's like a LED light. You know, so bright. You know, and you know they they and they can't fathom what the yellow sun was. You know, in the past because they never experienced it. You know, it's gone. Now it's just getting brighter. Now they just said us well wow, because we're just brighter. We're just well. Oh, is
1: that the is that the atmosphere or is it the actual sun changing color?
0: No, the sun is changing color because it's changing from the solar minimum to maximum. And there's evidence that the solar minimum and maximum changes instead of every eleven years, it's every 77 years. So yeah. which is what would account for a lot of the big droughts that happened in the Mayan times, that the solar minimum was changing, the health, the health cycle of our sun. And when it's when it's in its normal and white, the white sun versus the yellow sun, that a lot, but the pollution is a significant portion of that too.
1: Mm, yeah. Because um, right. like the whole climate change thing was like, oh, it's the hottest day on record. It's like what 1932, like yeah, all 1932. Stuff the that- records are 1880. Yeah, yeah. Um, like here in Melbourne, our May was one of the coldest in 50 years. And uh, when I tell people that, oh, that's climate change <clears throat> in 50 years, meaning it happened 50 years ago. Uh, and that's that's how part of the yeah that's slightly different <laughs> uh, <laughs> um the, the the issue with um uh the way that the the narrative is controlling all climate change and it, unfortunately it's in the political system like here in Australia they're going to try and drop uh emissions by 43 percent and like I just call them science deniers now because what's the major factor uh what that um uh, influences weather on the planet and it takes a while for people to get to the sun. <laughs> like the sun is the major thing. Um doing all the weather. But and also I keep forgetting about chemtrails as well. It's like, oh, it's play and you, you bring up chemtrails and people look at you stupidly. It's like you haven't really looked at this uh thoroughly. They're just listening to whatever's been spewed on the media.
0: All yeah. right, brother, thanks a lot for calling in. We want to get to a bunch of other callers before we end the end the show. Thanks for calling in. All
7: right. Thank you.
0: All right, Robert, let's spin up the wheel of callers and see who is next. Christy. Christy Signal. No. Christy, are you there?
8: Hello. Nice to Hello. speak with you. Hello. Where are
0: you? Where are you calling from?
8: I'm calling from Atlanta. Hot
0: Atlanta. At Georgia. Welcome to the yeah. show. I'll Thank
8: have you. A good nice time. to speak with you. Did, I like this yeah. format. Did, did um, we make I'm, you laugh? Uh, I, I just got on. I just I got home. And just saw that you were on, so I didn't, haven't had a chance to laugh. I I heard you were looking for people to raise their hand and I quickly jumped on the Zoom call. Right. And um the,
0: so, so when you stub your toe, what happens afterwards? Do you roll around and yell and scream? Do you swear? Do you oh, deny it? What type of toe I stubber are it. you? I
8: deny, you deny it. it? I, I deny it all the way and I suck it in. And I'm mm, <laughs> it in. I don't <laughs> deny and sucker. <Yep. laughs>
1: Like a Southern well, European, no, you're not part of my foot anymore. You go away. No.
8: Go to my pinky. Yes. No. <laughs> you cut the pinky off, won't feel it. So did you yeah. want to talk about anything today? Well, on a serious note, I, um, I know how you read certain situations or read people, and um, I've just got this idea in my head, and I feel like if you're in constant pursuit of a noble goal, that's success, right? That's Ernest, Ernest Hemingway. And, sure, but everybody's um,
0: no everybody's noble is different
8: yeah well i just i graduated with 98 different countries in my class and it's like we started this game of collecting flags and okay. now i mean it's like it feels like it's getting real and i don't know if i need to check myself into a mental hospital or keep going with it you know because it's what, like flag co- flag collecting not collecting like physical flags but people that you know from those countries like Cause I got the ninety-eight flags from people I graduated from and I'm, and then now my friend, she's in Poland and I just found out that I'm almost full-blooded Norwegian. And, um, I don't know. It's just kind of exciting, but, um, just that, um, and I have an adopted daughter from Micronesia and my, um, you know, I just, I have this dream of just one kingdom under God, you know, United kingdom under God. What, what a concept. And, um, and then um, I'm, I'm on this call every morning and I'm working kind of like with the Israeli army doing uh, with a pastor that does, goes on swats with them to calm the, calm the crowd down. And it's just really exciting. And I just can see this, if it like helps, keeps going forward, it's like us communicating with each other, just singing the World Cup song by Carlos Santana, so Santana, um, the World Cup song that he sang in 19 or two, 2012, 14. I've been singing it all day, just like taking our rags and just like meeting our neighbors and figuring out what they need. And um, just what a concept. But I mean, I know I need to worry about myself first. But um, I just—I guess I got to reel it in. So, thanks for letting me bounce it up my head off you, yours, just to just to talk to calm myself down, realize that that I need to worry about myself, and before I think start thinking. I'm glad glad I could be of
1: help to (laughs) you. Yeah, I'm just just a
8: a forward thinker. I'm a forward thinker. Wanted to get it out to
1: the universe.
8: Um, Well, well, this is the only area Um, that's
1: that would be $400. Well, Thank you.
0: Yeah. Okay. The, o- the <laughs> only area, the only area you should do a little exploration on is what is noble. Cause again, everyone's noble is different. And by yeah. refining your purpose of noble helps it easier for you to understand how to use your light the most effective way. Cause oftentimes yeah. we enter the circle and we, we give our light and give our light and we save nothing for ourselves. When we learn how to give our light to the right su- subject and circumstance, it makes our journey much more effective and rich.
8: I just want to figure out ways to give hope back to people. I think that I was lucky and hope or love was instilled in me at a young age. And but people are so they don't have hope these days. So they can't live get by, up to love
0: live by example.
8: And, and then I have to yeah. I have to live in this world. So I want to instill hope in people. Mm-hmm. before you know start talking about god and the love of god i mean you got to get to you got to get you've to have the love ins-
0: you got to have that love inside yourself too oh i oh i yeah, absolutely it's that
1: in, it's that interesting thing about uh, you know service to self and service to others an element of serving to others is making sure that you're 100% um, healthy and spiritual and you have to look after yourself so you can then give i've had conversations with parents where i'll do anything for my son well i think your son would like you to be healthy and enjoying life and so there's a, there's a hint of self. It's not selfish, but what's a, right. the self care. So you can be service to others. You have, you know, instead of running yourself down and, and um, letting, you know, just energy gets zapped out of you.
0: Right. All right, Christy. Thanks a lot for calling. And we All want right. to get to one last caller before we call it an end of the show. All right, Robert, let's spin up the wheel of callers for our last caller of the night. All righty. Sarah signal. Sarah, are you there?
6: I am here. Hello. Hi, man.
0: where are you calling from?
6: Folsom, California. Folsom, California.
0: Welcome to the show. You guys getting a lot of rain over there?
6: No, sweetheart. We are having like days that are almost 113, according oh, to the car.
0: That's um, rain fart. Um, I don't yeah. know. Mojave Desert area. I guess it's flooding.
6: Oh, is it really?
0: Yeah. Really bad. Really, really bad. Yeah.
6: Holy moly. What? (laughs) Okay. Bakersfield, that that, that area. Yeah. 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 Down South a little bit that way, a little bit more. Yeah. I'm up near like Placerville, just outside of Sacramento County. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm in Sacramento County, but yeah.
0: So did we make you laugh today?
6: Yeah. You guys always make me laugh. Even when it's not a comedy show, there's so much (laughs) shit that comes through here. It can't help but laugh. It's awesome. Well, hopefully
1: you you're laughing at the jokes and not our serious stuff because that's a bit disgusting. <laughs> like, <laughs> by the way, you should save your family. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> the, the reverse okay. of that though is the reverse of that is sometimes I actually um say a serious statement on social media and everyone thinks I'm joking. I'm like, oh, no, I actually mean <laughs> this." <laughs> Does it take uh, the wind uh,
6: out of your sails, or does yep. it, you know, inspire you to? No,
1: no, no. My, my, my human ego steps in as like peasants, and then I move <laughs> on.
6: <laughs> good for you, good for you. Uh,
1: but I'm aware of it. <laughs> See, that's the lazy Tommy Low like you have issues, yeah. But I'm aware of them. I'm halfway there.
6: You're halfway there. I, self-awareness. I'm such,
1: yeah, I'm such a perfect human. I love my. Uh, I acknowledge my flaws. <laughs> like, because <it>, Monty. <laughs>
6: Monty, Monty, Monty,
1: Monty. <laughs> so is there <laughs> anything are, you I wanted... feel like I'm in a bit of Godfather film. Monty, what are you doing? Yeah, you come here. You ask a favor. <laughs> why? Why didn't you come when you break bread? When you come in and invite me to your house for dinner?
6: <laughs> you could ask. So is there anything you time. wanted
0: to bring? Is there anything you wanted to bring up today?
6: Uh honestly, I'm just trying to fulfill a commitment to myself. I was uh earlier this morning I heard you're gonna need to talk to you today. I was supposed to call and talk to you. So I finally said, Okay, fine, I'll raise my hand. Don't feel like talking, but <laughs> I'm raising my hand. So here I am.
0: Hey, here you I are, the last too. caller of the night, too.
6: Last caller of the <laughs> night. So last time I called in, I wanted to ask you. What'd you have for breakfast? So what'd you have for breakfast?
0: I had, all to, three of I had. A, so I changed my, my, my breakfast just about every day. Well, not really, but I, I'm a picky breakfast person. I grew up in a, in a, in a family that everyone is like a God level at their own egg cooker. We all grew up in the restaurant business at a very powerful restaurant breakfast business. So everyone's master at breakfast. So I did a traditional Greek style tomato and eggs this morning where you take like a Roma tomato that's soft and then you dice it up and put it in a pan with a little bit of olive oil and let it cook down at a medium low heat until it's pretty much liquefied. And then you scramble eggs and put it in with it and add a little bit of feta cheese to it.
6: Oh, yum.
1: That's what I had.
6: Okay. Monty, what about you? What do you have for
1: breakfast? Uh, A cup of tea and cigarettes.
6: Uh. (laughs) Ah. Here in my book. Okay, Melissa, what about
2: you? I haven't had it yet. I've had a double espresso, and other than that, it's been tea and water. Uh, I've been going (laughs) I've been up since up since five o'clock, and I've been online, and then I've been online in another meeting, and then I've come on here. And so by about two o'clock, I'll be starving, and God only knows what I'm going to inhale then.
6: (laughs) that's all right. That's all right. I'm
2: but I will back. say, my double espresso, I'm quite
6: the barista, and the crema on that thing was spectacular. girl. <laughs> uh, applause. Good for you. Good for you.
0: What did you have for breakfast?
6: Uh, let me see. For breakfast, I started with coffee and cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I believe I had pizza that Ooh. my youngest one made. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I had coffee
0: and cigarettes too, but my breakfast usually comes out, comes right before I start work.
6: I am so jealous that you can make eggs. I keep trying. I've been a line cook for a few years and I had to leave that because, well, my husband had medical issues and that is what it is. But Mm -hmm. um, I keep trying to get eggs. They are like individual experience every time i can never do eggs the same each time it's like each egg has its own let me
0: let me tell let me tell you the secret a very hot pan and you have to make sure you're not going to stitch on the oil the coconut oil whatever you're going to whatever you're going to use if you use too little it will stick the other thing the second part so the second thing is if your eggs are cold like right out of the refrigerator, they will lower the temperature of the oil and it'll stick or look funny. The third is add a little pinch of salt to your eggs; it will change the way it curdles. The same thing, like a teaspoon of milk, if you like them fluffy. The third thing is once you start with a hot pan, you've got to know how to turn the pan so that it starts curdling up. And then the the key is making sure it doesn't stick with the right amount of oil and the hot and the room temperature, generally room temperature eggs. And then the third thing is do what the French do is you actually put the eggs in a blender. Okay. And that will make the most fluffy eggs you have ever seen. Like, like spongy, super fluffy eggs. And then figure out what it is you like. Now give this little story. So everyone's an egg master in this family. Well, I was watching Korean street food videos, which if you've never watched, it's his own crazy genre. Blow your mind. What's on the Korean street food. There's this thing called tornado eggs. So there's this tornado egg grand ninja master who takes a pan, pours the eggs into the hot oil, and spins the pan and the egg until it bunches up and so it's really tall. And then he puts it over a bed of rice. Now I'm like, oh, shit, I can do that. No, I can't. <laughs> i giving this challenge to everyone in my family, and not one of them can do it yet. <laughs> okay. So look up Korean tornado magic. eggs and you'll know the level of egg mastery we're working with Korean yeah.
6: tornado eggs I'm right yes All blow right. your right.
0: mind at what those guys can do so once again hot pan a little bit of salt add the milk to it make sure your eggs are at room temperature and then if you really want super fluffy blend them okay make sure <laughs> the oil is
2: hot 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 Okay, K-
6: now. Catherine just called you the egg whisperer. <laughs> yes, I'm the egg whisperer. <laughs> the egg whisperer. What about See, this is what <laughs> my
1: my my girlfriend uh, needs to be a cooker. I'm an eater because like I just burn eggs and then eat them. So like I am amazed that Andrew's like, what you can do more than you boil them, right? That's it. <laughs> like, That's okay, I need there's a whole world that I haven't water. entered yet. What what was that,
0: Sarah?
6: I said I I I was in band with a guy that could burn water. I mean, it was bad. He did. No, yeah, it was bad yeah. for him. You just stay out of the kitchen, we'll feed you. <laughs> yeah. just no. What about fried eggs since I've got you?
0: Okay. Oh, but, now we're in. Now we're. Can you flip or not?
6: Every once in a while, I can luck out, but so I. So the key, make- the
0: key, the key is going to be warm eggs. Okay. Cool. Uh, do, take those
6: eggs take out, your right eggs out of the
0: refrig- Take your eggs out of the refrigerator. Got you. And how you crack the egg is going to be vital. How it spreads out so that all the oil is not pushed away by the cold egg.
6: Because okay. that's
0: what causes it to stick. So once it hits the pan, you let it sit there for 15, 18 seconds at that highest heat. Slightly lower the temperature. Or lift it up. That's what I do. And then you got to start spinning it around. As long as the egg looks free, the rest is all in your flip action. So what you can do is take like a potato, like a wide potato slice and stick it in the pan with a little bit of water and practice flipping the potato slice or bread slice. All right. And make it a little wet so it sticks a little. And then you'll learn your pan's angle. So like there are a lot of like single single cook pans the rim has a little lip on it and if you use it right it's what makes the perfect flip but it's all wrist action and just practice with a piece
1: of wet bread
6: it is it's or a potato
1: slice that sticks yeah
6: yeah yeah okay those are great awesome
1: when i when i fry my eggs and mainly just for when if i'm making hamburgers However, I break the yolks because um, I don't wait till the yolk is actually cooked through. And if I don't break the yolks, um, it's a self-defense mechanism. If I bite into the uh, into the, the hamburger, and I get hot yolks, <laughs> but I mean that's not good. I don't like when food um, defends itself. <laughs> now, po- poached eggs. Who, who's a poacher oh. here?
6: Oh, po- yeah. Okay, me.
0: <laughs> I love poached eggs. But they are also the bane of my childhood existence. I couldn't <laughs> do it for the longest time until I finally mastered it one day. And I was the egg poacher king of the universe. <laughs> 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 I poached more perfect too. eggs, more perfect eggs. But my poaching has been replaced by tornado. I must beat that before I die.
6: <laughs> Best of luck to
1: you. <laughs> Leveled up.
0: So Mitz is asking, do I add vinegar? Yeah. So there are eggs that I will add vinegar to because I'm creating something that will use it, like the tomato and eggs. Sometimes it'll be more like, like a fried rice, except you're not using rice; you're using pasta. It's another common Mediterranean dish. Whatever's left over, throw an egg on in it. See how you oh, mix
2: yeah. it together. Yeah.
1: Well, the English you know, bubble and squeak, which is like you have leftovers, add egg, and then um, right. that it's the binding agent to eat what's left.
6: Yeah, I, I, I have a question okay bubble and squeak how did you fuckers come up with these word combinations like talk and cheese and, in, and all this it's, kind of it's stuff in, it's god english. love you but please
1: oh fuck. well i mean uh, you, you've got you, you, well the british came up the you, king's you get, english uh, you, uh, no fuck the king uh <laughs> but you've got like um uh like from cockney which is a suburb or town yeah. And uh, you get rhyming slang, and when uh, a lot of convicts came to Australia, Melbourne's the only place that hasn't hasn't got a penal colony. So if someone calls me a convict, I laugh, then take the wallet and stab them, um, just a principle. <laughs> uh, but it's um, the rhyming slang was to communicate with each other in front of the guards, and so oh. um, like you know, uh, uh, so are we going to stake in kidney tomorrow? which is uh rhyming slang for Sydney. And so that's where the, the rhyme is and the word um, fits into it like that.
6: Oh God. Okay. The clouds parted, the sun is shining, and I am now enlightened. Monty, thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, so yeah. now you have
0: triggered an egg energy in me. <laughs> Excellent. So for those are out there that are adventuresome, go into YouTube and look up uh, Michelin star egg chefs. And what you're going to see is these people that can make the most fluffiest egg in a half-moon shape with stuff rolled inside it at the same time, not a single burnt energy on it. And that's a French-style cooking where they they beat the shit out of the eggs, add a little bit of whipping cream to it, and then mix butter chunks into it until it's broken up so the butter's within the egg mixture.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay? And now, now, that's really fluffy, high-level French cooking. I've I've got that done. But what I learned is to take... Stuff like corned beef hash, ham hash, potato hash, and mix that into the egg and roll it. So it's that perfect thing. Then I saw the Korean egg loaf once again blown away. The next thing for you to look up, egg bread, egg loaf. Egg bread. It's a basically it's an egg. It's like they beat like 50 eggs. And they keep adding a little bit more and folding it over and adding onions, green peppers, carrots, sausage, all the stuff, making new lever until it's folded over on top of itself, until it's like 10 inches thick, 12 inches wide, 12 <laughs> 15 inches long, a giant egg bread, egg loaf. Wow. It's crazy how they assemble it. So and I haven't been gr- able to beat that one yet either.
1: So that's the greatest, the greatest thing from sliced bread is sliced egg loaf. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. And the skill level to do that is through the roof, let me tell you.
1: And uh, another English thing is to um I think you boil the eggs but you can have risoles with egg in them. Yep. And so it's a nice surprise.
6: Risoles, what are risoles?
1: Um fat hamburger meat uh, like what uh, it's just a different form of a uh, different shape rissoles. and flavoring of meats. Yeah. So oh, it's just okay. yeah. So, you got like a hamburger patty, um, but it's English and it's a bit thicker. And so, there's just a different way with spices and so on and so forth. And so, yeah, it's just. And there's an egg mixed in with the the minced meat.
2: That's right. A bit of grated apples, really good. You can do all sorts of stuff in a (laughs) rissle. And sometimes,
1: yeah, and sometimes you put it in a boiled egg as well. And so, when you cut it open, you've got the egg inside the rissle. So, yeah, yeah, the hamburger patties are like sort of um, what? That's less than an inch. Uh, yeah. Rissol can get up to two and a half, three inches.
5: Oh, That's well, like the yeah.
1: scotch. It's like the scotch eggs, scotch except eggs. the British version of, of it. Yeah. 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 yeah,
6: Awesome. Awesome.
1: Well, no, I'm going to be pedantic and say the scotch egg is the version of the rissol because the English are first.
4: Let me, very, tell you something <laughs>
1: about, let
0: me tell you something about scotch eggs. They They are very, very difficult to master. But once you do, the creativity levels is through the roof, through the roof. And uh, I, I remember to the point where I'm using my leftover, you know, minced duck in my, in my scotch <laughs> eggs. Okay.
6: <laughs> Yum.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, everyone watching, um, I hope you enjoy your meal after this show. Cause I know you're all <laughs> hungry. Yeah. <now. laughs>
0: and everybody that's telling coffee.
1: me to open a restaurant no <laughs> not this no. lifetime
4: <laughs> I, I think a
1: cooking show someone suggested a cooking show the galactic historian cooking show now they don't do this on our <laughs> uh, we'll see <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah all right uh, all right so thanks a lot for calling and we're going to call it an end to the show today
6: thank you
2: good night everyone
0: have a good one monty you want to give away oh, i'm sorry melissa give away for people to get a hold of you
2: Um, Yes, look, easy way to find me is here on the background, qbihealing.com is an easy way to find me. But as promised, when we did the Power Up Your Presence little program, I mentioned that I would be doing a Create program, a virtual Create program online. Here it is for you guys. Um, The Create program is manifestation that actually freaking works. It's where we use um, quantum bioenergetic integration to actually elevate the brain into the delta wave and actually teach you how to do this. You'll be able to do it from this point on for the rest of your life, for anything that you want in any way that you want it and you can create your life. So here's the link to that. Um, it's not happening until September 6th, I believe, is the date. Let me check just your check calendar. it.
1: Please, please the check your calendar. The Tuesday
2: night. The program will run for about three hours um and i'm going to take you right from the beginning right through to it and you'll also get the full notes on it the mp3 download where i can talk you through it until you know how to do it on your own each time you want to do it and all the stuff that goes with that it's a very very effective way of manifesting i hate calling it manifesting because that's not what this is this is actually about creating what you want in your life anything from a diamond ring to relationship to what you need in your life so it's not just about your material stuff and in that i go into all the details about why the stuff that we've been told in manifestation should work doesn't work or why it does for a short while and then doesn't and and why the secret doesn't work, and all of that sort of stuff. We can talk about that in the program. But that's the link to that. Otherwise, if you need me, if you need a session, if anything's going on there, um, qbihealing.com or melissahobbynews.com will take you to the right place.
1: And I think I'm part <clears> of <throat> that, and I'll, I'll be part of that as well, interrupting and saying very good jokes.
2: But yes, Mont's going to join in. He's going to come in and play with the create program. He loves it.
1: Yes. So Monty, <laughs> so get away people. Get a hold of you. Uh, Wafer Thin Entertainment on most things on Twitter and and so forth. Uh, My video is just on Rumble at the moment because I decided just to stick with one platform, not Odyssey and BitChute um and you've got that real at at real monty dean on twitter i also have my own show which is uh planet planet collingwood uh which is on revolution radio at 2am on wednesdays on studio a however that's the show that is recorded and put up onto rumble and spotify and um, google play and, and so on and so forth i am also uh started to help produce strange universe radio with sean david morton So if you can listen to Sean, which I recommend you do, you'll hear me interrupt and make some good jokes. All right, everybody, you know who I
0: am. You go to my website, andrewbartis.com to find out more. We will be back this coming Thursday with another live call-in show. All right, Robert, take us away. true. A galactic historian is a person that looks at all the lines of dramatic karma. Nudge, nudge. It's the holy grail. Improvise. (laughs) Mysterious. It's counter psychic intelligence. Why is DNA farming of this star cluster so important? Because we do manifest our reality. We do create our reality. Let's create, let's co-create, and let's change this world with love. No matter if you're from Alpha Centauri or Earth, we all began with the same birthing process. We live in a limited point of view. Living the mystical life daily is about striving for the unlimited point of view. Each day. Each human being gets an infinite amount of choices. Living the mystical life daily is about facing obstacles and challenges. The level of awareness that you are working at means you have a responsibility to be equal with it. How does one truly let go of expectation? make the moment that you wake up to the moment you go to sleep sacred the keys to success choice 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 and choice